Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. a win. Welcome in and a happy Monday, one and all. We are Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Barrett having uh, jaw surgery. Is that oral surgery? Yeah, oral surgery. Uh, has to get a tooth uh, replaced and, and taken out. Dude, I don't know. It's like it's like getting the road work when you talk about going back and uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, man, I, dental I, I, work. I, yeah. I don't like needles to begin with. Obviously, you got to, you know, you, you, you've been a dentist. You ever have a like a filling put in? So when they deaden yeah. it, they take the needle, they turn it this way, and mm-hmm. then they turn it this way. And I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there gripping ah. chair seats. My palms are sweating, and Same. I've had enough needles stuck in me. But I'm just, I can't stand needles. I'm man. with it's, you. No, yeah, thank just you. oh my goodness. But he's had oh. like several of these just this year. Yeah, you know, man. So oh. he, he's uh, he'll be back tomorrow, but he's on the IR a little bit. See, everybody. What up, Eric? What up, William? Yeah. Anthony, Eagles fan. Jeremy, Chris, the Mad Hatter, Jared, Kevin, uh, Christian, yeah. and Kevin. What up, everybody? Uh, in the uh, in the chat section, everybody hey. streaming, everybody listening. We appreciate you. Chris D has a good question. Will there be a show? I just it just rolled. Will there be a show? What? Uh, where did she go? Will there be a show Friday on the Friday Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving? And the answer is there's going to be something. We're not sure exactly what it is. Right. Uh, it will not be us, though. Yeah, we're working on the, the, the channel. We'll have we'll have program. Yes. yes. Yes, that's for sure. Um, but great to be with everybody. Hey, by the way, so coming up. Um, oh, we got a uh, no. Yeah, no sports take. Uh, Xander is just letting us know uh, yep. at, at 130. And we'll, we'll do this throughout the show, of course, too. But we'll concentrate a little bit heavier on it. Uh, you, your best questions, not only from yesterday's game, but just in general, we'll try to run as many of those in sort of yep. Q and A at one thirty as we can possibly do from the uh, for the chat section. Section. So just an FYI uh, regarding that, uh, Derek. An interesting one yesterday where it looked like for a very long, really up until the fourth quarter, it looked like the Eagles were going to fall for a second straight week, and. You know, they, they were to credit to Jalen Hurts and the offense and, and a yeah. defense that had really, after that first drive, that really turned itself around. Um, um, no question. Able to get that win yesterday. And 
you know what? You're going to have some of these. You're going to have some of these non-beauty contest kind of wins during the regular season. And four or five weeks from now, it, it ain't going to matter how it looked as long as you got it and they got it. As long as you hold on to that number one seed and with the Giants loosing, they now have a two-game cushion. What are they? Um, they're 9-1 now with uh, seven to go. That's a huge cushion to have with uh, seven games left to play. But, you know, Rob, uh, we've said it before and I'll say it again. Every time this Eagles team steps on the field, it is the opponent's Super Bowl. And the Colts came out swinging haymakers. We know they weren't a high-scoring team. But they, I tell you what, you know, we got to give credit where credit is due also. Colts came out with a great game plan. Mm-hmm. There was one thing that I kept harping on is me and Mike uh, Missanelli and Seth Joyner uh, and Devin Caney were watching the game from the green room. I kept saying in the second half, the Colts are playing not to lose. When you play a team like the Eagles, you have to keep attacking because they can explode on you at any given moment. And they played a conservative game in the second half not to lose. And I understand why it has not been the best of seasons for Matt Ryan. You know, under new leadership, um, they're still figuring some things out. But their game plan on defense without their two best players who were out was a really good game plan and frustrated the Eagles all day. But, you know, it's it's a feel-good day. But you know me, Rob. I got to look at both sides of the equation. It's a feel-good day because the Eagles won. But as that game wore on, I'm saying, have opponents – we didn't talk about this in the pre-show meeting. Have opponents figure the Eagles out. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I, it, specific to the to the offense and the RPO, uh, yes. which was so effective uh, throughout the season. Yeah, we will definitely, definitely get into that. There, there is no question about that. But uh, it was one of those sort of gut check moments. You know, the thing is, as well as Jalen Hurts has played all year, and he's been excellent all year. Yes, we hadn't really seen him in this kind of situation going into a fourth quarter being down like this, and. It, that's one of the great things. Like my takeaways, if I, you know, going positive for a minute, skew positive, then we'll get into some of the things that worry us. But number one, the, the fact that Hertz didn't blink, you know, two drives no. you had to have, no. and he by any means necessary, whether it's with your arm or your legs, yes. and he's able to do it, right? And the other thing is, you know, we talked all week, blueprint, everybody's going to run on the Eagles and yep. run it down their throat. After that first drive, the defense said, uh-uh, that ain't mm-hmm. happening anymore. Like they're my two main takeaways, Gunner, is that the quarterback was clutch when you needed him to be, yes. and the defense made the adjustments that we've been calling for them to make. You put the ball in the hands of your best overall athlete on offense uh, when it counted most, and he delivered. By the way, that was his first come from behind win of his career. Yep. And when you think about it, yeah, no, um, right, absolutely, he had and, and, and kudos to Howie for going out and getting. 635 pounds of fresh beef to go into trenches. <laughs> Sounds like you on Thanksgiving. Yeah, 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 yeah you, ain't kidding, you ain't kidding about that. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, it, it couldn't have come at a, at a more perfect time. And, you know, people are like, man, can they, can they play on just short notice? Well, when you talk about defensive tackles, you're not asking them to do a lot. You're not asking them to run 40, 50 yards down the field. You just want them to plug the gaps, and that's exactly what they did. My only concern is if you watch closely, Every time they go to a four-man front is when they got gassed. When they went to the five-man front, that's when Indianapolis could not run on them. And they ran into a stone wall. Most of Indianapolis's runs, again, just like Washington, between the tackles. you know, And they were trap-locking when the Eagles would go to that four-man front. Right. But a five-man front, you could do nothing with them. And, you know, and, and Sue and, and Linville came out and, and balled out in that game. I mean, you know, you couldn't write a better script. Their first sacks 
as an eagle is Together. a collaboration. How crazy was that? Isn't that, that something? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It, it really was. I I was so impressed by them, Derek. And I know, like, I get it. They're, they're not playing quarterback, and you don't have to get the whole system down and all that. You right. can kind of plug these guys in, and they've been doing it their whole lives. And, and yeah. They're smart guys and tough guys and all that. But still, man, I mean, yeah. a week ago, they're not on the team. They're, no. they're at home, wherever they are. And to be in there and have the effect that they had and, you know, play a decent amount of snaps, Absolutely. those two deserve major props, man. You know, notice early on, too, both of them got more snaps than Fletcher Cox did. So, right. So, right. so what is that saying? Yeah. I mean, he went from playing 70 snaps last week. I don't know what the snap count is yet. I haven't seen it. But yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously, you can't have Fletcher at this stage of his career playing seventy snaps. Can't. It's not it's not conducive to what you need him to do. Um, and his last two games, I mean, let's face it, uh, last two games he hasn't given you a whole lot, you know, in terms of being that disruptive force that you've we've we've grown accustomed to him being in the past. And maybe it's because he's had to play additional snaps out of necessity. But um, with these two in here and Milton Williams. And when Jordan Davis comes back to go along with Hargrave and Fletcher, dude, that is one heck of a six-man rotation in, in the trenches for this team. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, when Davis comes back, oh, my God, man. I, I mean, what, what this thing's going to look like up front, it's beautiful. That's almost 1,000 pounds of beef between those three. PFF had Linvale Joseph graded out as the best player on that side of the ball for the Eagles in the time mm. that he was in there for a snap. So just to tell you what wow. kind of impact. Them. And the thing is, you don't a defensive tackle stats don't always show up. It's no, going to be no. occupy people, let others make plays. You know, a lot of their job is just kind of dirty work stuff, which is not going to, you know, blow you, blow you away. But there's no doubt. I mean, the, the, the flip, man, what they go – Derek, real quick, and we'll get into the defense in okay. a second, but just just for the purposes of the, of the discussion, you go from 75 yards allowed and a touchdown on that first drive to the next yep. 10 drives, an average of 16 yards yep. per drive and nine points. You, you know, you're stepping up, uh, and, and that whole unit collect. I thought TJ Edwards was phenomenal yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Everywhere. No question. Um, and, 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 Rob, the guys you brought in, you got them at a bargain basement price. Now, a million dollars uh, and over a little over a million dollars, and I believe with the incentives if he achieves them. Um, and Dominica Sue could earn as much as two and a half million. Right. Um, I don't know if he'll achieve that, but still, you got these dudes at a bargain basement price um, that's not hurting your cap in any way, shape, or form because there's no commitment to these guys after the season. But your, your, your GM once again reiterates that it's all about this season right now. And where we are right now, especially in a very up-and-down NFC East and an up-and-down NFL for that matter. Um, I'm looking at the snap counts right now. So Sue only played – he played 17 snaps. Uh, where's um, where's Joseph? Joseph – Joseph played 26 snaps. So they played uh, 43 snaps between them. Cox still played 48 snaps. Hargrave played 47 snaps. So, uh, but they, they went to Sue and Linville early and then went back to the regulars. And at a couple of times, they had all three of them, uh, had three of them in at the same time, had, had Cox, Linville, and Sue in, or either Hargrave, Linville, and Sue in yep. at the same time. And man, that's, 
that's a lot of that's a lot of behemoth to move off a line of scrimmage. Yeah, it is. It really is. I, I, but I just give the entirety of the team props for the way that they responded because it's not always going to be great. It's not no. you're not going to be running through teams like they were earlier no. in the year. And this was you were on the road. You sort of had the, the the thought of the last game lingering in your mind that they lost to Washington, yeah. and a lot of things happening there. You know, a, a motivated Colts team with Jeff Saturday as the coach. All of those things happening, and you were able to kind of buckle in. And, and get it done. And uh, it's just huge. You're coming huge. off a short week. Your players, you, many of your key players are nicked up. You're without your, your tight end. And obviously the, in the passing game, not having uh, Goddard there is huge. It's bigger than we thought. Right. When you, when you think about what he missed at that offense in terms of uh, not just catching but blocking, because the other, you, uh, the other guys you bring in are one but not the other, Stoles, a good blocker, not a great Oof. catcher. Calcaterra is a great catcher, not a good blocker. And then Tyree Jackson, we still don't know what he is or is not because we haven't seen much of him. Yeah. And he wasn't in there that much, although he yeah, did have he was one activated, penalty. But we didn't he got one much. penalty, so yeah. I guess he did get in the stats for that. But still, you know, that just goes to show you the depth on this team. When you have that kind of depth and you're in a knuckle, knuckle, uh, knuckle punch, drag mm-hmm. out, knockdown brawl like this it's all hands on deck get it done any way you can and that's exactly what they did uh in terms of getting this win because if they lost this game then they're still just one game up now on both dallas and the giants it was a two games game. is a huge difference now because yeah. you still have to face between the giants and dallas you've got to face them three times coming up yeah so that's huge yeah you're right no you're right and and look clearly and I don't know. We, we we touched on the Frank Reich angle in that, you know, Nick Sirianni may consult with him, might have consulted with him during the week, et cetera. So we talked about that part of it. And from a strategic standpoint, what we didn't really look at as much, Derek, was yeah. the emotional part of it. And, you know, clearly he was ticked off at the way, he being Sirianni, the, the way yeah. the, the, the Colts handled Reich. You know, and, and, and when you think about it, like forcing him to go with Sam Ellinger, yeah. And then you can him. And then you let Jeff Saturday say, yeah, now nah, I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. Like, it, it right. was really some dirty pool that went on there. And yeah. you could tell Sirianni wanted that bad. And maybe to the point where it affected some of his judgment, because I didn't think he had a good day. Uh, in, in I didn't general, either. Decision-making-wise. Um, but that was, yeah. from the time he went over to the people, you know, after after the Eagles yes. scored and they, and they held defensively, he's doing that with the Eagles fans behind the bench. He's crying literally. He's yeah, coming in the yeah. tunnel and he's he's hugging Lori, the you know, the yeah. place you used to be all the time in those tunnels. Yeah, yeah. He's crying and hugging Howie Roseman. And then he got emotional even at the podium after the game. Like and this he, meant a ton to him. And then he says, you know, I don't have to say it, but you can tell uh, you can tell how how much uh, you can you can tell what I think about Frank being fired, you know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you could tell this was more than just a game to him. This was like uh stick it to Ursay in the organization for how dare you, you know, jettison Reich like that after what you put him through, mm-hmm. you know, um, we, we, we see, we see Sirianni being emotional, but not to this level. This was a whole different level of emotions for Sirianni. Um, and it's good to see that in a coach, you know, and the players, the players knew you heard Brandon Graham after the game talking about, they understood how much it meant to Sirianni, uh, not just to get the win, but because of his relationship with uh, Frank Reich and people in it, and certain people in that organization, and how much of a mentor Frank Reich was to him uh, coming up as a young coach. Um, 
So it was good to see that. I'm just glad he got he got to do that because that game was hairy, man, all the way down to the end. That was a hairy game, man. Woo! Yeah, it it didn't look good. I, I mean, let let's be real. You were heading in that fourth. Now you you knew they got a couple stops when they had to get them. Uh, the Colts missing the field goal it was a long one, mind you. And in, in fairness, it was a 50 yarder. But the Colts missing that kept that door open, man. They they gave you life <laughs> by missing that, and. To the Eagles' credit, they took advantage of it. They 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 got it when they had to have it. And I just think, you know, the other thing back to Hurts, there's obviously the skill element of it, but there's just yeah, he's tough, man. He is just locked in. There's no BS on the sideline when maybe the defense isn't doing their job or something right. else is happening. You don't see like, the finger pointing stuff that you see with other guys. Like he is just dialed in, and he, I'm telling you, man, it's real. And that 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 helps you in those kind of games. The way that that dude is focused, and, and everybody else feeds off it too. You know, you when you think about it, everybody else feeds off of. Um, a, a lot of times in adverse situations, you have every you know people will look around like who, who's gonna who's gonna make a play, who's going who's going to make the right calls, who, who's who's going to give us that spark, you know. And lo and behold, when you look at this whole team, they don't look around for anybody. I mean, they're very professional about what they do. They understand what needs to be done. Um, very smart unit on both sides of the ball. Sometimes it's not perfect, whether it's a call or whether it's a- actual execution, but they're good enough to make up for a miscues. Like that one series, they go from first down inside the coast territory to three consecutive penalties in his first and 35 back in their own territory. Oh my God. And that was an opportunity because they were moving the ball at that time. That was one of their best drives yeah. of the game up to that point. And then all of a sudden, boom, 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 you first and 35, and you don't get the first down. You got to give them the ball back. Um, and then there was that sequence where, you know, A.J. Brown, who never fumbles, fumbles, you know. And then right, uh, they, right on the heels of, of the Eagles getting one, too. Right? Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was like the emotional pendulum, man, it's just like, swung hard. Like who wrote this script, you yeah. know, for this game? And you're thinking, oh, geez, here we go again. Yep. I mean, second straight game, though, it's interesting. Second straight game, they lose the turnover battle. I Never know. thought I would see that this season. Very you know? rare. You're right. I mean, the strip sack, which, yeah. you know, very first – you're thinking first play of the third quarter, like, here we go, man. And when you look at that again, I'm trying to figure out, was there a miscommunication? You really want Miles Sanders on an island with a defensive end like that? Well, when you look at the play, Jordan Malata blocked down. He crashed down uh, yeah. and blocked. And Ngakwe just shoots through. And you do not want Miles Sanders on Yannick Ngakwe. And as you saw, that was a mismatch made in heaven. And he snuck behind, you know, snuck behind Jalen, slapped the ball out of his hand, ball, ball turnover. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it happens. Every now and then a running back gets stuck, taking on a freight train coming at him. Sometimes you lose more times than not. You, I mean, sometimes you win, but more times than not, you're going to lose that battle. He lost that battle. Yeah. So that that's what happened on that play. And I don't know if it was a line call or what, but, you know, you see him a lot of crash down on, on the end this way. And all of a sudden, I mean, on the, on the D tackle this way, and all of a sudden, zoop. Here he comes, yeah. And it was like that. I'm thinking, get rid of the ball. If you, and if you really watch the play, if Jalen had one more second, I can't remember what receiver it was, but he had him streaking wide open down the far side of the field. Mm-hmm. He was gonna throw, he was gonna throw it back across the field this way, and the guy had at least two or three steps on his defender. As soon as he cocked his arm, pff, good night, game yeah. over. You know, yeah, we, yeah, never got there. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right to to be able to bounce back from that. Then AJ, which is so rare, AJ, you don't see that from AJ Brown. 
really two weeks in a row, right? So he has the fumble there and then the one which he could have caught on Monday night, yes. which was a pretty pretty good throw. It was a little dangerous, yep. bro, yep. but whatever. You know, that that's rare. But anyway, you're, you're still able to overcome that. Tells you about where these kind of things. I'm telling you, Derek, even though it was ugly, wins like this are going to are gonna serve serve them well. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I really believe yes. that. I, need, I think you needed to see something like that. Um, you know, the good teams, I mean, prime example. Look at I mean, look at the Chiefs Chargers game last night. You know, yeah. Chargers get the game winning score, and that's and I, and I put out on Twitter 146 left in the game. That's more than enough time for Mahomes, way too Be- much because we've seen him do it time and time again. Yep, he walks him down the field. Travis Kelsey touchdown, three touchdowns in the game for Kelsey. Best um, duo in football, by the way. Well, there's there's no, little, question. Uh, there's th- no question, no doubt. Yep, there's no question about it. And but you know, so now we finally get to see Jalen Hurts in a situation like that where you have to take the team down the field. I thought the two most defining plays of this game. Number one, the Colts kicker who had hit a 51-yarder missed that field goal. That would have made it, what, 19-10? to 10? Uh, it, 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 If he had hit that field goal. Yep. And then the pass two interference. Possession, a two-possession two game, yeah. And then the pass interference call on that defining drive uh, when, of all people, Miles Sanders is streaking down the field and the DB just just hogtied, just, just bulldogs him to the ground mm-hmm. without turning back. And we're sitting there going, see, but that's commonplace. DBs don't turn around. I don't know why they're coached that way, but if he had turned around and even if he had hit Miles Sanders, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have called pass interference. Oh, no. But he bulldogged him. Down. Like, well, dude. Gunner, that had to be an ad, ad-libbed. He, he, if you watch the play, Sanders swings out in the flat initially. Yep. And and then it was just kind of like like playground. It felt freestyle. Like, to, yeah. you know, freestyle it. And, and you know, credit to Jalen for seeing it and, and Miles for – for making the move to kind of go back to it to draw it, but yeah, I don't even know what that was. It, it, it clearly wasn't designed that way. No, oh heck no, no. That was a great improv uh, improvised by Miles uh, going down the field. I don't know why he he went down. Obviously, he couldn't have gone across the middle. It's too much coverage in the middle. But yeah, um, I wonder. I wonder if that's going to be a part of their arsenal in the future. Hey, in a scramble drill like that, Miles just take off. If you're matched up with a linebacker or a safety, just take off. Yeah, like like Richie saying it was a wheel route. I don't think that was a straight. Uh, wheel I don't think route, that was Rich. a yeah, straight wheel because if you look at how long Jalen had the ball in his hands, uh, I don't think that was a straight wheel route in that case. Yeah, uh, now, I think it was supposed to be a shorter route. There were just um, so many things that that yeah, there was so many different like game changing moments in that game that that you know led to the to the outcome, the final outcome that you had. It was a, it was a lot going on, man, <laughs> a lot, and it just goodness. it felt like. And I was already getting the tweets at me and all that with the after the first drive, like here again, yeah. wagon imploding and all that other stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, for the defense in general to settle in the way, look, they got four sacks. Your yeah, interior did. defensive line delivered for you, um, and the offense as bad as it is. And you know the other things with the offense, they're trying to figure this thing out without Goddard, and it's not going to be perfect right away. You're going to have to sort of re- – and the good thing is you're going to get Goddard back at some point, but it's going to take a little while, I think, yeah. for them to fully figure out exactly what this looks like without him. And they're not there yet. They're, they're not. You know, you hope you can continue to survive it, but they're not there yet. That's clear. Well, you know what? And – and I think I still think Tyree Jackson is going to be more involved in the offense, but you got to get him up to speed. He's lost basically almost two seasons because of injuries. So they're they're still trying to figure out what he is to this offense, dude. How many? There's not many six, seven tight ends in the game. I know. And the, sm- the small sample that we saw of him a couple of years ago in a preseason game, 
the way he caught the ball, he has some he has some talent. Oh, for it's sure. just a matter of getting him more integrated. Jack Stoll, um, um, he's he's not the complete answer. Yeah. Calcaterra is not the complete answer. You're gonna have to pass this, you know, mix this thing up. Yeah. You know, and, and I can see him going in a lot of cases, I can see him going to more 12 personnel with two tight ends. If they're gonna stay, I still say they have to do a better job running the football. I mean, yeah. Jalen Hurts 16 carries, 84 yards. Miles Sanders at 47 yards rushing. So obviously they keyed on Miles. You know, they were not going to let him run the football their defensive front. Yeah. Um, and you got DeForest Buckner, and then DeForest Buckner is a stout individual, man. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't move him off the ball. That's a good uh, defense, by the way. For it what is it's a good worth. defense. It, you know, yeah. it's, and I, I know we look at it like the Eagles didn't do this. Didn't, yeah, that other defense is pretty good. Uh, well, you got Gus Bradley and yeah. John Fox as your co-defensive coordinators on that team. You know, you got two of two two great defensive minds on that on that side of the ball. Um, and they played like it. I mean, they had no Shaquille Leonard, no Kawhi Pay yep. in there. Those were the two best defensive players, and they still made it. You know, made a very miserable day. The back end of their defense was very physical. Uh, made some made some plays. Stephon Gilmore, even at this stage of his career, is still one of the best, mm-hmm. better cornerbacks. And just like I thought, he was on uh, AJ Brown most of the day. He's still one of the smartest, best cornerbacks in the game today. You're right. That's a good defense. Unfortunately, they don't have the offensive personnel to to help the defense out more. Yeah, no doubt. And yeah, it's clear. I mean, it's it, it's Jonathan Taylor and not much else uh, on that side of the ball. Matt Ryan right. is just not what he was, uh, anywhere near what he was back in the uh, back in the day. All right. So when we come back, Derek, we're going to go heavy into this defense. Again, it started off looking poorly, but. And I got some snaps for you, too. I'll give you the okay. snaps for all the guys. But we're going to get heavy into that. What they've been doing lately, uh, the adjustments made, credit to that side of the ball, and then we'll get into the offense uh, after that. So we got a lot in store. And by the way, some some up a news update, an injury update on Joel Embiid. So we'll talk about that. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. When it rains, it pours with the Sixers, and it's pouring right now, man. So while I'll give you that update because they got Ben Simmons and the Nets coming in tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we'll talk about that as well when we get back. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis Barrett uh, on The Mend. He'll be back with us tomorrow. Uh, We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be a very scary proposition. And I will tell you, I am right there in the front of the line for years just trying to find that right person to trust. And I found the right person, and that's Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, if you have a small business and you're looking to set up your employee benefits, that is another resource that Jim can help you with. I've entrusted my IRA, some 401k rollovers from previous stops for me, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You could also email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. 
Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. back thanks for hanging out with us on this victory monday uh rob ellis along with Derek gunn barrett brooks a uh, little banged up but he'll be fine uh he's getting some uh, some oral surgery done he'll be ready to roll uh tomorrow tomorrow so let me give you this first Derek, and we'll continue the football talk in one second but uh joel Embiid out tomorrow uh Jeez. against the nets out tuesday as well sprained foot so as of right now gunner you're looking at no harden no Maxi, and we'll get into Maxi more in a little bit. No Embiid, no Tobias Harris. PJ Tucker is your lone star. <laughs> lone starter still standing, man. Whoa! Okay. It's like it's like watching the Phillies, man. I mean, whoa! Are you kidding me? Yeah. My goodness, not I good. Guess, I guess if you're going to go through this stuff, go through it early in the season. But my goodness, four starters out at the same time. Are yeah, you kidding man. me? And yeah. your lone your lone starter who's in there. Averages what two points a game? Uh huh. Yeah, ba- barely will get. He'll get like one field goal attempt a game. Uh, and your your bench is not consistently giving you much of anything all season. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who are you yeah. who are you starting? You're gonna look at like uh, DeAnthony Melton. Uh, oh, my, oh my goodness! Boy, oh boy, Shake Milton, oh. um, Paul Reed. Uh, 
Montrez Harrell might might work into the equation. Wow. Yeah. Not good. Not good. We'll, we'll just leave well, it at that. We'll get more. And the angle start. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mick yeah. Richie is oh, right in the angle. Goodness. So anyway, it's it'll it's just the good. Here's the good news. None of this appears to be long term for anybody. You know, Harden's pretty close to being back. It doesn't seem like Tobias Harris thing. It's a hip. Isn't is all that serious? Maxi, that one sucks, and it's three to four weeks, and that happened Friday. But you know, we'll see. Uh, and and you know, with a bead, you never know. But it seems like it's not anything super serious. You know, it seems like every other week is something with Embiid. It's an illness. First, it was a plantar fasciitis. Um, and we'll get into it more. But it's like yeah. the season is still young, but it's been something like every other week with this dude, man. Yeah. Well, it's, it's his whole career, you know, honestly. <sighs> it's always been that way. You know, brilliance when he plays and, you know, frustrations at his availability. So, oh. all right. We'll get more into that later, uh, but let, let's stick with uh, what we were discussing a little bit earlier: the Eagles' win over the Colts in in, in a in comeback fashion. That's for sure, in, in a big spot. We'll go to the offense in a minute, but I want to talk about the defense, Gunner. And yeah, mentioned earlier, you know, Jonathan Taylor on that first drive, seven rushes, forty nine yards, which is seven yards per carry, and he scored a touchdown. You're saying to yourself, he's going to shred them. He's going to go right through them on the yeah. afternoon, just like he has yeah. a lot of his career to other opponents and the Raiders the previous week. And we know the Eagles defense the, the week before gave up a ton of yards, even though the yards per carry weren't all that high. But the rest of the way, Jonathan Taylor, 15 rushes, 35 yards, just 2.5 yards per carry, no touchdowns. They absolutely locked him down the rest of the way after that. You know, and, and, and Rob, they went to that five-man front, and it makes a big difference because on that four-man front, you know, they, they were doubling down on the tackles, which opened up a lot of lanes for runners to go through. But once they went to that five-man front and you saw the linebackers come up and make a more concerted effort to fill the gaps, that was a big difference in the run game. I think the Eagles finally identified that Indianapolis didn't have the offensive weapons or, you know, maybe identified it even more so before the game in terms of studying for this opponent. They weren't too concerned about the likes of Michael Pittman and Pierce and Allie Cox doing damage on them deep, and he could put more people in the box. You know, there were some times that Matt Ryan hit hit him with uh, quick quick slants over the middle or for some big first downs. But for the most part, these are not top end wide receivers in a game that they have to concern themselves about. And once they made that concerted effort to 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 to, to, to plug the line of scrimmage, that was a big difference in terms of stoning the run because the Colts couldn't deviate much from what their game plan was. You look at some teams, you, you look at teams like uh, the Buffaloes, the Kansas Cities, the Minnesotas, the Dallases. If you take away one thing, they're going to hit you somewhere else. Mm -hmm. The Colts basically had to stick to what got them this far this season. You know, jo Jonathan Taylor, for as good as he is, he'd only had 200-yard rushing games this year, first game of the season and last game. And putting those two players in there, Sue and Linville, Big difference in terms of defending against the run. T.J. Edwards finally had a good game. I thought the last several games, T.J. Edwards' game was off. Um, in, in many cases, a no-show. But the linebackers came up, filled the gaps, caps better, and forced Indianapolis's hand, and they couldn't beat them um, once the Eagles' defense settled in and made the Colts one-dimensional. Yeah, and which they absolutely did. And, and that's, yeah, that, that's the key with them. And it's going to be the key all year with the Colts is because, like you said, they don't have the weapons on the outside. And Matt Ryan's not the same guy. So if you're able to handle that part of it, 
you know, you're going to be fine. Mm. But we didn't know. I mean, we went into the game saying, no. oh, I'm not really sure, you know, what this exactly is going to look like. And, you know, credit uh, where, where credit's due, uh, as much as people wanted to dump on Jonathan Gannon, you got to give him some love. Uh, his defense played awesome. You hold a team to 16 points, you'll take it every single Sunday, Monday, wait, Thursday. Wait, let me let me think about this for a second. You yes, said you, you got to give Jonathan Gannon some love. Correct. Yes, can you I do. give him a can I give him a like instead of some love? No, give him love, Derek. You got to give why, him love if why, you're being Rob, objective. I can't. I can't. I'm trying to my best, Rob. I'm trying every right, time. Every yeah. time that I've tried to get back on that Gannon wagon, he does something that just makes me jump off. I have to give him like. I can't give him love yet. All right, I'm uh, giving him love. I'm, I'm sorry. Can't and you saw, the, you up. saw. Wait. Hey, look. Oh, you saw the. Uh, you saw the. Uh, uh, hey, you saw the the, the, the uh, caption I sent you from uh, John Dickerson. Yeah, yesterday. I saw it. So here's the thing. Yeah, that was, it was funny. It was, that was, it was hilarious. hilarious. Xander, if you could pull that up, he sent it to uh, to Derek and I. The Gan wagon imploding. That that's what happens after the first drive. Interestingly, interestingly enough, I don't get anything after that when the defense settles in and locks in. Funny, I don't have anything after that. When, when the when the defense does its job and then some, okay? Yes, I'm waiting to hear from you too, D-Gun. Thank you. All right, let me give you the snaps uh, okay. while, while we're right. at it. All right, so um, I, I think it was interesting considering, right? I mean, considering these guys were just – we weren't even sure if they were I, – I thought Joseph would be active. Sue right. was a, a toss-up. But so uh, Joseph ends up playing 40% of the snaps. He got 26 yep. snaps. Yep. Sue got 17 which is, you know, computes to 26%. That's a pretty right. healthy percentage for guys who weren't here. And you, when you consider they got a half a sack, you know, a full sack together, not only tackles, but tackles for losses as well. And they both got a couple – total, they got a couple QB hits as well. Yes. It's about as good as a debut as you could ask for that short period of time. That's not bad. Sue walks in and practices on a Friday. Lindvale gets there the day before. You know, but the difference between, you know, we were talking about how, hey, man, I hope they don't pull a hamstring the first game the way Deshaun Jackson did in Baltimore. Well, in Deshaun's case, you're asking this dude to run full bore, you know, 50, 60 yards down the field. Your D tackles don't have to do that. They only have to control the space. You know, you only have to keep moving forward in most cases. You don't have to do a lot of lateral pursuit because Mm -hmm. you got guys on the edge of linebackers that are supposed to take care of the outside uh, containment. You know, and you, it's 17 plays, 26 plays, not bad. Now you got a full week to get ready for your next opponent. And oh, by the way, an opponent in a lot of ways that's very similar to, to the opponent that just played in the Colts. An opponent, they don't have a lot of offensive weapons except for running backs. They have a future Hall of Fame quarterback whose game has been way off this year. You know, so you're going to play a similar opponent as you just played. So now you're going to have Joseph and Sue get a full week of practice to get a better understanding uh, of the different line calls and stunts. Um, and, and the Eagles ran a few more stunts than they, they did against Washington as well. And i like to see Jonathan Gannon implement that more, r- run more line stunts. You know, mm-hmm. that seems to be effective for a lot of teams, i.e. the Dallas Cowboys. They run a lot of stunts. Look at how many sacks they have this season. You know, no question. And I know sometimes sacks are overrated, you know, but still, you know, that's consistent pressure on a quarterback. And I think the Eagles, once they get these guys up to speed, and get a little bit more comfortable with what you need them to do, I think you're going to see even more improvement. I mean, they held a coast to 99 yards rushing. They finally held an opponent under that sea level, under that century mark, finally, mm-hmm. by one yard. But yeah. they did it because I, I'm like you. 
at that first series, I'm thinking, man, Jonathan Taylor's about to run for a buck fifty today, at least a mm-hmm. buck fifty. And that one run he took off for 28 yards, you saw the arm tackling again. You did. You, you know, did. guys, you trying. And then the one, the one play, Jonathan Taylor gets outside, goes down the sideline, and CJ Gardner Johnson is trying to tackle him up in his shoulders, right. and he got he got beast mode. Mm-hmm. He got beast mode when when Taylor shoved him out of bounds, and then CJ gets an attitude, wants to get in his face. <clears throat> no, if you're taking his legs out from under him, he wouldn't have got that extra three or four yards, man. Yeah, I don't I understand these guys trying to tackle guys up high like that. I, I don't, don't either. But we did see them corrected as the game went on. Uh, interesting stats here. Uh, John Ganude from the Eagles, who you know we both yeah. know does an excellent job yeah. with the PR staff, uh, yeah. sends out these tweets, which I always I find them very interesting. But uh, so in looking at some of the overall defensive stats, not just from the game but the season for the Eagles, they're they're giving up 18 points per game, which is seven. Yeah, very good. Uh, yep. They're second in yards per game allowed. They're first in takeaways and they're first in yards per play allowed. I mean, look, the overall defensive numbers are good, Derek. They really are. Absolutely. As much as we kind of joke about things, they are. Absolutely, Rob. You know, it's a bend but don't break defense. You know, they're an opportunistic bunch. They don't play perfect all the time, but they play and make big plays when they have to, whether it's forcing a quarterback on an incompletion, stopping the run, coming up with a big turnover at a strategic point of the game. I'll take that every day of the week. You know, you don't have to be the number one defense. As long as you're an effective defense and you're getting off the field, you hold any NFL opponents to an average of under 20 points a game in today's offensive game, you're doing a heck of a job. And I don't care how you get get to that point. That You're doing a heck of a job as a unit. I will tell you, too, I, I saw it was Edwards uh, one time. I'm trying to know who, who else he sent. Gannon did send some extra pressure late yes. on that last series. Yes. Um, and, and one of them, it didn't result directly in a sack, but I think it was TJ Edwards who bullied whoever was in front of him and pushed him into Matt Ryan's like yes. face and disrupted yep. things. I, I was glad to see that. I was glad to see Gannon get out of his comfort zone a little bit when he needed to late in the game and make some adjustments and do things a little bit differently you know, I know he's never going to be this just reckless gunslinger, you know, whatever. But you got to get out of your comfort zone sometimes. And I thought he did that, and I was I was encouraged uh, to see that from him. And I'll tell you, they came up with some really clutch sacks. The Reddick sack was huge. Obviously, Brandon Graham's is the biggest of the game. Right. But the Reddick sack was gigantic earlier. And, and, and Reddick got away with one. Oh, he my did. goodness, that face mask. But then again – what happens to one should happen to another. They didn't call the face mask on Goddard Monday night, and it cost him four games because he got injured on the play. But when he grabbed that face mask, I'm thinking, oh, no. And I'm like, wait a minute. No call. What? I know. I, I okay, swear get to you, the man. next play. Get to the next play. After it happened, I'm like, like the, so I'm thinking, did they not just put, did they not put the little yellow thing on the, on the TV mod? And I'm like, look, I'm like, where? They didn't call that? And then you see the replay, and you're like, okay, thank you. Uh, yep. usually, keep going. Keep going. usually it, it evens you want it to even out in game. Now it didn't even out in game for the Eagles against Washington. They got the short end of the stick, but that was one that they got. They certainly got away with, you know, that's for sure. Um, but that was big. And, and you got a couple guys, Derek involved in terms of sacks that had been quiet. You know, Reddick yes. had been relatively yes. quiet. Yes. We know Brandon Graham. We talked about it last week has yes. been quiet lately. Maybe that that gets them going a little bit, you know, going into next week. 
Well, it, it, and again, it helps um, when you have a deep rotation. You know, I, you know, some players say they need X amount of snaps to get in a groove uh, to get going. And when you look at the situation, Brandon Graham's playing like what twenty six percent one game, thirty two percent one game. You know, it keeps you fresher, yep. but it takes you it takes you a little while to get your motor going. But in this case. Man, he couldn't have picked a better time to come up with, with that defining sack in the game because that put the Colts in even longer a, a situation. Um, you know, you got to stay relatively healthy. And so far, the Eagles are still, even though they, even though they're down Maddox, they're down Goddard, they're still a relatively healthy team compared mm-hmm. to a lot of teams around the NFL. Yeah, you know, and and, and it goes back to Howie. Man, Howie, the way he constructed this team. With not just uh, starting personnel, but with depth, you know, when you lose an Avante Maddox, you know, now the backup is not Avante Maddox, but he's good enough considering the collection of people around him um, to where he's not exposed in any way, shape or form. Now, you know, a couple, couple of minor hiccups here and there, but you know, nothing major, you know? And so that's a tremendous help in terms of a team being able to overcome adversity. Because we've seen so many teams that once you lose a frontline player, whether it's an offensive lineman, a running back, it affects the overall flow and continuity of what they're trying to do. With this team, not so much. No. No. I. Yeah. I, I, look, I would agree. Um, I think, again, I always try and, even though there were some frustrating moments, I try and glean you know, ultimately how this looks going forward. You're right. I mean, the big thing to your initial point about the injuries is, you got to survive this a little bit. Like I look at some of these other teams, like I, I, I see the chargers. It feels like every week they're missing somebody. Like even last night, Mike Williams tries yes. to come back with that high ankle and he's, and he's, he's hobbling and they get him out. It's like, he's gone. You know, you haven't had, they just got Keenan Allen back. They're missing two defense or two offensive tackles. Yeah. You know, Herbert's playing hurt, et cetera. Some of these teams, Mike have Williams over- playing hurt. Yeah. They can't yeah. overcome this stuff. And I think the Eagles will have, will be able to, hold the fort, so to speak, until they get some of these heavy guys back, you know, when they, when they get Jordan back, when they get Goddard back, I think they'll be able to hold the fort, especially with the additions that yeah. now we made. And, and you got a guy now in Andre Dillard, who's healthy, who still can't get off the bench. Now that's a great luxury to have when, sure. when there was so much talk about trying to trade him earlier in the season for something you may need in terms of a backup or potentially another starter and the Eagles stood their ground. Uh, we're not letting him go yet. You know, and, and kudos to them identifying you can't just let him go unless it's a wow offer you can't just let him go because you know i still don't think mulatto's 100 percent. and if it comes to a point in time where mulatto re-injures that thing whatever it is do you got a first round pick sitting on the bench waiting yeah. to play how many teams have a first round pick sitting on the bench just waiting to play i, I can't uh, think I, of one off the top of my head I'm, but i will i will say like you said they made the right move not trading him. He's the oh, best insurance policy you could have. We saw, you know, when when the Eagles have lost personnel for a short period of time along the, the offensive line, and this is before Andre Dillard was eligible to come back, that was a big fall-off, man. Jack Driscoll's oh. a big fall-off. So to oh, have Andre Dillard waiting there and ready to go is is huge, and I think it's the smart way to go. Yeah, is he probably just going to walk in the offseason? Yeah, he is. He is. But okay. I mean, it is what it is. But I don't. I don't think you can overshadow. Uh, you know how important it is that Howie went out. You know, I think a lot of GMs, Derek, would have been satisfied just getting Linval Joseph. 
Just saying, oh, I you agree. did something, right? I you know, agree. we got, okay, I we agree. addressed it. You brought in a guy and you're like, yeah, no, it's a nice move. But then to double down the next day and bring Sue in and to have both of those guys do that. And what you mentioned earlier, the long-term effect of not, not crushing uh, Fletcher and, and, and Hargrave with yeah. the amount of snaps yeah. is huge. Yeah. Prime example, Rob, go, go look at the Minnesota-Dallas game. Minnesota loses their starting left tackle, Christian Darisaw. Yeah. Dallas exposed that in a hurry. Oh, yeah. You can't say that with this team. You know, if they lose a lineman, they, they're so good at shifting people around. And that's why, you know, kudos to the offensive line coach uh, for, 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 for train, cross-training a lot of his linemen. Because right. you just start moving pieces around, dude, and the depth that they have. And because most of these guys have been here for at least a couple of years, it's plug and play with this team. And, mm-hmm. and the show keeps moving forward. You know, anybody else, you lose somebody of that caliber, you know what? They're going to expose it nine times out of ten, as Dallas did yesterday. Well, gonna, hey, but hey, not with this let's, team. Let's not give, with this team. Let's give a little love to Tracy Rocker, who is the defensive oh, line coach. Yes. You know, like – we rightfully praise Stoutland, who's the best in the game at his, at what he does. For no getting guys ready and all that. You know, short short notice, those cats were ready to play, man. And Tracy Tracy Rocker deserves a lot of love for that. Yeah, we don't give him a, we don't give him a lot of uh, mention on this show. And matter of fact, not many people do. But I think it's it's at, it's at a point in time now. Especially, uh, I'm so intrigued by seeing what he does with these pieces now moving forward. Now that he has two former Pro Bowlers and Sue and Joseph in terms of how much he uses them, how much their numbers will increase, how much Fletcher and Hargrave's numbers might decrease to keep these guys alive, Fletcher, how the whole equation evolves when Jordan Davis comes back in there because now you have three huge tackles that you're going to be trying to rotate in. And I'm not even just talking about, you know, Hargrave and Fletcher. I'm talking about the three guys that are like the behemoths. you got a guy who's 6'6", 340, who's coming back. Right. You just brought in one guy's 307 and one 315, and now you're bringing another guy who's going to be coming back who's 340, 330? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are you kidding me? Right, and, and guys who can play, too. You're not just stuffing anybody in there. The, these are two dudes who have had really successful careers, and Sue especially. You know, that guy oh. was still really good last year. Yeah, the fact that he was sitting at home at this point of a season, to me, it, it, I just don't understand why nobody picked him up. Before then, I just don't unless he unless he was strategically picking and choosing where he wanted to go. And there's some guys, there's some guys in that situation when they've made their money, they don't want to go to training camp. They don't want to just go to anybody's team for the dollars and cents. They want to watch how the season unfolds and strategically pick where they have the best opportunity possible to possibly win. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, both of these guys sitting at home waiting for the right opportunity jumped at this opportunity. So, now, so, so you're right. I'm sorry. Finish your point. I'm sorry. Will, will will they play again after this season? Doesn't matter because I don't think they'll be here. You know, depending on how many free agents the Eagles lose, I don't think either. I don't think either one will be here. But what they're doing is they're now thinking to themselves, do I have enough left in the tank to play again next year? And who knows? Maybe one of them will be back with this Eagles team. Who knows? Yeah. No, you're right. and But I do think two things. One, your point about them being fresh and not having gone through training camp in the first, whatever it was, nine weeks. Nine weeks you know, yeah. they're going to be feeling great at the end of the year. Uh, you know, knock oh, yeah. on wood. That's the first thing. And then the second thing, the reports are out that, that Sue turned down a possible deal to go to the 49ers because he thought okay. that the Eagles were a good fit for him. So I, I do think 
to an extent with these guys, it was a choice. You know, they did. They absolutely. They were looking at the right organization. Uh, they did. They're not getting paid a ton, but they want to win a ring. I mean, Sue talked about it. He said, look, I've made a lot of money. Um, I, I have 19 year old, 19 month old twins at home. I could yeah. easily just stay home, chill, be a dad. He said his own mother was yelling at him because she wanted him yeah. to just retire, and not get hurt anymore. He's like, right. but I want to, I want to win, man. So there's, that's your motivation right there. I think the report I saw Friday was he's made 166 million in his career. Okay. <laughs> so it's not about the money. There's no, no. question that he's already won a ring, you know, and I guess he, you know, his motivation is I want to see if I can get one more before I'm all right. said and done, who gives me the best opportunity. And, you know, if that report is true that he turned down the 49ers, I wonder how many teams in the AFC were after him. Now, you know, usually these things come out eventually. But when you think about the Buffaloes, Kansas City's, uh, you know, Baltimore's, uh, those are teams that need D-linemen also too, you know. Although Buff- Buffalo's defensive front is pretty doggone good. Yeah, um, I, wonder how, I, wonder how many, I wonder how many teams from the AFC pursued him also. It's a good question. Know? But yeah, the, but the bottom line, he, he he decides to come here. Um, he feels this team gives him the best chance to grab that ring. So with that said, hey, more power. You got him for a base salary of seven fifty. I know to play the rest of the season. Are you kidding me? At the halfway point, seven fifty incentives close to two and a half. That's you know? good. If he's hitting those, great. It means yeah. he's killing it. The team's killing it. I'll take it. I'll take that nine. I'll take that every day of the week. I'll yeah. take you know, and you know, and uh, who knows? Is Howie done? Who's to say how he won't identify something else before it's all said and done? You know, I was I'm I'm wondering, and and I it's funny. I thought of this yesterday before last night's game because then I saw him playing in last night's game for the Chargers. But I'm thinking, do they go down the Richard Rodgers road again at tight end? Ooh. But he's he's already he's with the Chargers. But I, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. I'm just trying to think of somebody who's available on the street that may be able to give you a little bit of a boost until, until Goddard gets back. I, I, I just, I were, I do, I am concerned because it looks, it looks like Stoll is almost strictly a blocking guy. Calcaterra yeah. will be a receiving guy, but I don't even know if he's figured that yeah. part of it out. And Tyree uh, yeah. Jackson is, you know, the guy's coming off a massive injury and he's converting to a different position. It's a lot. Yeah. Your tight end position gave you one catch for seven yards. And, you know, whenever, whenever Jalen's in, in trouble, that safety valve has been Goddard. You know, yes. Goddard finds a way to get open. That safety valve is not there for the next three games at least. And who's to say he's going to be ready to play after four games? No, I mean, you, after, that's the thing. You that's don't the know. estimate. That's all. It's only an estimate. There's no yeah, guarantee. You know, yeah. you, you don't know. So you're going to have to you're going to have to toe this line for a while. You know. Yeah. You know the rumors out there that you know maybe they'll look at Gronkowski and and, and Tom Brady said. He's, you know, what, last week or the week before Tom Brady said, hey, I've already talked. He's retired. He's staying retired. So if Brady says it, I believe Gronk is done with football. Oh, I, yeah. If Brady's saying it, I buy it. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's if, if Brady can't get him to come out of retirement again, I think he's done with football. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna, that's one aspect of your offense you're going to have to live with, you know. Yeah. Um, but but that's, again, this is where good coaching has to come into play. You know, this is where Steichen – and again, I don't think Steichen and Sirianni had a great day yesterday, and we'll get into that in a second. But this is where they have to figure this out, you know. My, big, my thought- biggest, yeah, my biggest concern as we sit here right now, and I said it off the top of the show: our defenses and defensive coordinators have they figured out how to play the Eagles' offense? I, I, and it, Derek, I think there's that's a very fair question, and I think we're seeing that. 
I think that's, that's let's let's dive into this when we get back because right? yeah. I think right. that's a good good thing to, to talk about here is you know kind of where things are. They did what they had to do and they came up clutch yep. offensively. Yep. But there are same things when they when you move forward and you're playing at Dallas on thank or uh, Christmas Eve Christmas when you're Eve, playing yeah. the Giants two more times when you get that Tennessee team. Uh, you know, yep. are you going to be able to overcome some of this stuff when you're playing the the, the better caliber of teams? So let's let's dig into that when we come back. We will do that uh, for sure. He's Derek. I'm Rob. Uh, we'll talk about the Eagles offense and yesterday and just kind of generally where things are when we get back. I have the Packers next, of course, on Sunday night, but we'll do that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm going to talk to you right now about Pro Action Restoration because Pro Action Restoration is the place that you call or reach out to online if you're having any kind of issues, whether it's water, fire, smoke, mold damage, or something else that you're not quite sure about. Because here's the beauty. They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I can attest to this. I called them on a Saturday. They got right out to my parents' house. They fixed it up. They cleaned it up. The crew was professional. The price was reasonable. They are the best. Pro Action Restoration is licensed, bonded, and fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro Action will work in conjunction with your insurance company as well. So water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation. This is a crazy time of year from a weather standpoint. They can help you. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers, Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean.
At Salus University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at salus.edu. Happy Monday, everybody. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Barrett off today getting some some repairs, and he'll be ready to rock and roll Ooh. tomorrow. I know. And any Ooh. any kind of – and I, I'm sure we've all been through it, whether it's anything from a filling to root canal to you name it, man. Needles in the mouth and drilling and the smell of the drill, the whole thing, man. It just – oh, it hits you. It hits Dude, you so in a special they- spot. When when they when they start hitting your tooth, and you smell that smoke, I'm like, oh, oh geez, man. I know. Um, yeah. There's a there was a question in here, and I let it get by me, and <clears> I <throat> and I wanted to address the question because I thought it was a good question. Okay. Um, it was about hey, D gun with this person, a television man. Uh, okay. He he. I think he answered asked it earlier. He says, hey, Gunner, don't you feel this Eagles defense with all this talent can be a shutdown defense? Not just a bend, but don't break defense. I think that's a good question. Um, and and I know this is going to get under Rob's skin. I think if I think if the scheme was a little different, it could be. But to thoroughly answer that question, I need to see them play. I need to see them play an offense um, like the 49ers, uh, a healthy Tampa Bay, before I could thoroughly answer that question. Um we haven't outside of Minnesota early in the season, we haven't really seen them play a real formidable offense, a, a top notch quarterback um, in a lot of ways. Well, I, I, that's why I think this stretch is going to be interesting, Derek, because I, I know what the, and you know very well what the Packers are. They're not what the Packers used to be, but it's still no, Aaron Rodgers. No. Okay. And he's had a lot of success against them over the years. So, you don't know which Rodgers is going to show up, the one that beat Dallas or the one that flopped against Tennessee. He's, right. He's been Jekyll and Hyde all season, so you no, don't know. It's true, but you could yeah. get the Dallas one, okay? Um, you're going to get Tennessee, and, and I know people will automatically say, okay, it's Derrick Henry. Well, check out what Ryan Tannehill's doing lately. He's you ain't kidding. Well. You ain't kidding. So, that, so right away, you're going to get two huge tests, boom, yes. boom. You know, we know what it's going to be with the Giants. you got to contain Saquon. Yep. Uh, and the Bears, it's going to be containing Justin Fields and, and Montgomery and everybody else who runs around with for them. Like maybe and, and Justin is playing a lot better now than he played early in the season. Right. Um, yeah. And likely, and barring an injury, you're going to get Dallas with Dak Prescott. Right. So and possibly Odell. If, maybe. Did you see the tweets of, of Dallas players recruiting yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> Jerry doing his usual. Um, no, not Jerry. I'm talking about like Demarcus Lawrence and all these other yeah, players. Yeah, they're openly campaigning. Make, make the right decision. Come on, now. what do you wait? Because yeah. Odell put out there, wow. You know, he put out something about wow, what Dallas did to Minnesota, right? And then all of a sudden, players started chiming in. So yeah, you know, that's gonna be it. it that's a but, great question, but I can't. Right, but my, my point is, you're going to be getting quality teams here. We're gonna know. We're gonna know yeah, by the end yeah, of the year how good yeah. this this defense is. I will tell you, here's a kind of a, a tweet that, that annoys me or, or kind okay. of chat chat. Uh, it's why I don't give Gannon credit for adjustments. Cause I know he'll revert back to his passive, unaggressive, conservative nature. The, the problem I have in general with okay. this 
is we're all about the style, mm-hmm. not the substance when it comes to the Eagles defense and Gannon. Mm-hmm. It's about points scored. They Production. don't give a lot of points up. Yep. It's about taking the ball away. They take the ball away. Uh, I, I read the stats off to you a little bit earlier, you know, where they fall in, in a lot of categories, Right. Uh, this team. And I just think, you, you know, people would rather have eight sacks in a game sometimes and lose than have the end result where you're not getting gashed for big plays. Right. Like, I'm right. sorry, if you're not willing to give credit yesterday after that first drive, then you're just not willing to give credit. Right. You're not right. objective. You refuse right. to look at this thing objectively. Flat out. And I'll talk about you. Well, I'm, I'm giving credit. I said like. I can't say love yet. No, I said like. I, I, I know. We and when I, we we joke and all that, and I, right. and I I laugh at it too. I I I get a kick. Look, Gannon sucked the week before, <laughs> but if you're not willing to give him credit and the defense, mind you, as well, if you're not willing to give them credit for allowing 16 points, I don't know what to tell you. Like I don't know what you're watching. I don't know what to tell right. you. They Let's did see. a hell of a job adjusting this past week. Or four four sacks, a turnover. Um, 16 points under 300 yards of offense. I right. think that's a pretty good day at the office. It's a pretty doggone good day at the office. And their defensive stats for the year yes. are good. And, oh, yes. I, they have one loss. Yep. So, I mean, look, again, seventh in points allowed, second in yards per game, first in takeaways, first in, in yards per play. I, I don't know what else to say. I know. You know that, that's, not, that's not an opinion. That's fact what they're doing. Yeah, but Rob, 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 we know across we we know across social media, okay. No matter what you do, what you say, there's always a collection of people out there that are going to want to create negativisms. Okay, there's nothing we can do about that. That's why I don't respond in most cases, uh, uh, like you know, Twitter, Instagram. You know, I don't, I, and I, yeah. I don't give trolls any time of day. And I'm not calling that right. that individual that I brought up a troll. I just right. disagree with the, the thought process is right. so wrapped up in gotta be Jim Johnson. Gotta be buddy Ryan. Right. Gotta be Bud Carson. And you don't, it, it's, it's about results. Ultimately exactly. and the results for the most part, other than the Washington game that which stunk, the results have been there for the most part. Exactly. No, no question. No question about it. Uh, this team has risen to the occasion. Now they had a fluke and they gave up 25 points to a, to a Washington team. Now Washington scored 32, but you know, one was on a fluke play the yeah. last play of the game. Yeah. So they gave up 25 points to a Washington team. that was averaging like 18 points a game. Okay. That happens. Yeah. You know, every dog, like I said, every dog has his day and a dog bit the Eagles that game. You know, how many times have they given up 25 points in a game this year? Detroit, the first game, but outside of that, you know, they've been doing a job, you know, yeah. basically they're doing a job. And and I know that, and I know the players, especially when you talk about the edge players, like, you know, Bradbury and Slay, I'm sure they would want to play more up in a, in a receiver's face. I would that's, agree with that. Yeah. I but agree with that. that's not what their scheme calls for. They they play what's called, you know, yeah. plain and simple. And, and, you know, I, and I also understand it can be a frustrating way to watch a game sometimes, you know, it, when yeah, absolutely. a defense, you know, a quarterback is just sort of like, you know, bleeding you to death with little shots here and there. It can, yeah, yeah. you know, it definitely can for sure. Um, but I mean, I look, we're like I said, with the teams that they're playing coming up, we're going to have a really good handle on this defense. I think by that point and, and no, I, I still think that Dallas game has, has lost written on it. I hate to admit it. I think it's a really uh, tough spot. Uh, I'll I'll say this right now, and, and you can save this clip, and we'll replay it. If that Dallas team that played yesterday on the road plays the Eagles on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's going to be an Eagles loss. And, and I hate to say I hate to give, I agree. I hate to give Dallas credit for anything. I think that's the most complete game Dallas has played all year. Never in a thousand years that I think they would be able to hold Minnesota to three points. Now I thought it was going to be, a, I thought if Minnesota won the game, it was going to be like the previous games, you know, they have five games where they've come from behind to win games. Mm-hmm. And I thought if Minnesota had a chance, that's how they were going to have to win that game was to come from behind. Oh yeah. Dallas took it to them right from the opening start, shut down their run game, took away the pass game. And once Dallas, uh, Dallas jumped on them, their defense pinned back their ears and Michael Parsons went crazy. And he DeMarcus did. Lawrence, yeah, seven sacks on Kirk Cousins, dude. You know what? What they did to Justin Jefferson was very similar to what the Eagles did to him. He, oh, he was exactly. a nine-fat. You know, exactly. And, and by the way, hey, uh, Philly T-Noise, I wasn't calling you a troll, uh, just to be clear. I just disagreed with your stance, and that's cool. We can we can agree to disagree. There's there's yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, he says, I can't see Gannon's scheme beating Kansas City, for instance. Okay, well, not many teams do beat Kansas City. Well, FYI. that means they got if, to the if, Super Bowl. Yeah, if know, that's so. the bar where we're going, not a ton of teams yeah. have success against Kansas City. But right. regardless, um, yeah, Dallas was really good. I need to see them consistently do that. And, Derek, here's the thing, too, just a little bit. And I'm not – Dallas played great. Minnesota's been a little phony. A little Exactly. Phony. Okay, I've been saying it for at, weeks. No, you have. You have. Um, if you look at – you know what they've done and their point differential. And that's, it, it's a revealing stat in a lot of ways. Okay. Like for example, the Eagles are a plus 80. Uh, the Cowboys are a plus 84. Phenomenal stats. You know what the Vikings are at eight and two? What? A minus two. Yeah. They're yeah. not even in the plus category this year. The Vikings Dude, at they, eight and two. They, that's hard to do, man. They should not have beat Washington. They should not have beat. They definitely should not have beaten Buffalo with that fluke snap at, at the goal New line. New Orleans, in, in New London. Orleans, Chicago, Chicago had them. Chicago, you know, and and the fact that they beat Miami, I was shocked. Who's playing that game? Was it Bridgewater then? Uh, I can't remember who's who played. The yeah, Miami that was game? that. I think it, it was, was that uh, stretch when 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 Tua was out. I'm pretty sure. It was, uh, it was Bridgewater and Skyler Skyler Thompson. Thompson. Yeah, who came in as well? You know they they shouldn't have beat. They should not have beat. That Miami team. Right. So Minnesota's been living on the edge for a while, you know, and it finally caught up to them. And I still don't think Minnesota, for as much firepower as they have and as, as much as they've brought in uh, TJ Hawkinson, um, I still don't think their defense is that special. And, you know, teams right. have turned the ball over, but, you know, they are what they are. And now they, they run up against a Dallas team that played the complete game yesterday. Mm-hmm. And just took it to them. So um, I still think Minnesota's a good team. I don't think they're a great team. I'm not saying Dallas is a great team, but Dallas has the capability of, do, of, of put, doing a lot of damage to a lot of people. I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. All right. So and we'll we'll get into the whole NFL, uh, everything that went down yesterday on uh, at, at two o'clock, and we'll look at ahead to tonight's game as well uh, and back at last night's. But all right. So offensively, Derek, in this game, um, ten to three at the half, it was not yeah. pretty. They couldn't yeah. get anything going. It had a very similar feel to the Washington game where they were just couldn't couldn't run the ball particularly well, couldn't throw the ball particularly well. Right. You know, and, and it was setting up to be, you know, one of those bad games. But man, we get into the fourth quarter here and they're down 10. And by the way, I, I was blown away by this stat. I, I don't know about you. I couldn't believe this stat when I saw it. First comeback of 10 plus points uh in in, in the fourth quarter in 41 games. The yeah. last time. Was Deshaun Jackson's walk-off punt return against the Giants miracle yes. the Meadowlands part four, whatever it was? Yes. That's crazy. And that's so something. anyway, yeah, that, 
well, that, it, you know, it's so funny, man. That feels like in some ways it was yesterday and it feels like a really long time ago in other ways. It was 12 years ago for what it's worth. You know, here's the thing that, that just really shocked me the most is that Indianapolis held the Eagles to three points for three quarters of football. Three points. And I, I'm sitting there looking at the stat over and over and over again, and I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. Is it, is, is, is it Goddard? You know, and, and the Eagles shot themselves in a lot of ways, penalties, um, you know, a bad decision-making at times. But the Colts, minus the two best players, yep. held them the three points through three quarters? Yeah. And, and, and Rob, with this being a copycat league, you know what's going to happen? Other coordinators are going to look at what the Colts did and try to copy a lot of the stuff. You look at upcoming opponents, they're going to try to emulate a lot of stuff. That, that the Colts have done. And the Eagles can't afford to lose some of their key personnel moving forward. But still, yeah. um, Eagles have to make some adjustments. Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen have to make a number of adjustments to get this offense more fluid because that's two games in a span of six days that we watch now where the offense was not fluid coming out of the gate. I'll tell you, one of the things I've noticed is, and I know they're attacking it a little bit differently, uh, our opposing defenses, but I thought Jalen in his RPO reads was a little bit off. Like what I mean by that is yeah. when to hand it off, uh, when to maybe pull it back and throw as opposed to keeping it himself. I, I thought he had some misreads early in the game or earlier in the game. Um, and then I think in the fourth quarter, he just said, look, I'm taking this thing over. And he did, which we'll get into in a second, but I thought he was a little bit off and some of that may be just different looks that they're getting from, from opposing teams. So that's something that he's going to have to adjust. And I think that's really where the, the, the offensive staff in general needs to figure this thing out. So they're not getting bogged down. You're not going to keep be able to pull this off every week. We, it goes without saying, so they have to be more consistent throughout the four quarters of the game. Um, it's a good, it's a valid point you brought up because it's happened now twice in the span of six days. And the big question is why, what, what is it? What is it that's off about um, the Eagles offensive flow? You can't say it was Goddard for, for as much as he was in there Monday because they were struggling when he was in there before he got hurt. They absolutely were. You're right. And so now that he's out, we know he's a big, big part of the offense, both, both in the blocking game and the running game, but it's just something that's not fluid. And, you know, we have Lane Johnson every week on um, our postgame show for Jacob Sports Media. And I asked Lane that question about the offense of being stagnant, and I thought his answer was quite interesting. He said, we're starting to see things when game time rolls around from defenses that they, do, they, they haven't done before. Hmm. So defenses now are making adjustments just for this Eagles offense showing different looks, different fronts, different disguises that that haven't shown up through the first seven, eight weeks of a season, and it's taken while, a while for the Eagles to counter that. And, you know, they still had a chance to win their Washington game, but, you know, too little too late due to the turnovers. Uh, it almost cost them an Indy. It took them too long to figure it out, you know, but they, find, they were able to do it because the Indy shut down and basically played not to lose instead of trying to attack. Um, so it's going to be interesting moving forward. Now, Tennessee has a, a, a very rugged defense, you know, so that's going to be an interesting matchup. Yeah, especially um, if they're healthy. They were really banged healthy. up against the Packers, and they still yeah. delivered. Yeah, they still delivered, yeah. Um, Dallas has an opportunistic defense like the Eagles. You know, they still they did a better job. Their biggest weakness on defense has been stopping the run. Boy, did they stop the run Sunday. 
Mm-hmm. So whatever they whatever they weren't doing to stop the run, they made a concert, better concerted effort this time around. So what are they going to look like by the time the Eagles face them? The Giants with Wink Martindale is a tough a tough defensive out. You know they don't have the star studded personnel on defense, but they have some pretty good doggone players on defense over there. Chicago's going to be interesting. Uh, Chicago's a hot and cold defense. They play well one game, they're no show the next game. Play well one game, no show the next game. We don't know what Chicago defense we're going to play. So. The Eagles are going to have to make a lot of in-game adjustments because they're seeing things basically that have not they have not looked at on film leading up to that game. No question, and and that's that's another thing. You know, as much as we talked about, all right, how what adjustments are they going to make on defense and stopping the run? What adjustments are they now going to make on offense uh, to counter what teams are doing, uh, especially with the, in the RPO situation? But the good news is, yesterday um, when they had to have two monster drives, they got them. And yes, you, what really impressed me. In that last drive, Derek, and there was also a critical drive that got them there. Um, but the, the the Watkins ended in a Watkins touchdown. But um, three third down conversions and a fourth down conversion in yeah. that last one, despite some weird decision making by uh, Nick. I don't. I, I'm trying to figure out. You're coming out of a uh, out of the two minute warning. Two minute warning. Yeah. On a fourth down, you're trying. At first, you're trying to draw them offsides, which they didn't bite. Which I'm sure they were coached up the whole. Like, listen, they're probably going to hard count you. Don't yeah. do whatever. Don't do it. And you use a timeout, which you may have needed. You know, I don't know. Right. But they right. use the timeout. Regardless, the very next play, they end up getting that fourth down, which was huge. But the the game winning touchdown play, a great play call, but B that was the, you know, the parting of the red sea that opened up for Jalen. If you look at that yep, replay, yep. you're not going to find a bigger hole there in that no, situation no. In, in, in that yardage uh, situation. either. It was amazing. Colts were thinking past the entire game. Now, if you remember much of the game, the Colts were keeping a spy in the middle of the field on Jalen as well. All of a sudden they abandoned that when they went to a pass on that play and, and it was like the red sea parting. You know, that whole middle, I think you could have walked in there, Rob, for that touchdown, <laughs> you know. And I yeah, know you well, run the four, the 40-yard dash in about two days, and I run it in four days. You, you, you know? what, what they say, a sundial to, to measure yeah, me? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think you could have, I think you could have scored on that play. I know. Um, but, but it was a great call. You know, the coach, yeah, Jalen said basically, and what did Sirianni say after the game? You know, he loved the way Jalen took – took the game on his shoulders exactly that's what a that's what a great the making of a great quarterback is when things are not going the way they plan you have to do something out of the ordinary to get your team over the hump mm-hmm. and that's what he did he took yeah. that game in his took he took control look how many quarterback runs were, were called i don't know if he called them at the line of scrimmage himself i don't know if they were called by the coaches on the sideline but that's the difference in a game you know oh. when your quarter your quarterback's a leading rusher in the game because mm-hmm. your, your primary running back can't get free. I don't have my tight end. The passing game's not going like we thought it was supposed to go against his team. What am I going to do to get us over the hump? He did it. He did yeah. everything. And that's that's all you really – look, it's not always going to be perfect. It's not only going to be the way you designed it and what you thought was going to happen before the game. We all know that. It's kind of like yeah. life. Yeah. You just got to roll with stuff sometimes. And I, ideally, do I want him running that many times? No, I don't. I don't want no. the odds of him getting hurt you know, to, to be, you know, increased by him running that many times, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do, man. And I look at his fourth quarter, Derek, three for five passing 38 yards, touchdown, eight rushes, 49 yards and a touchdown. 
whatever he's got to do, he's going to do. And he's going to be poised doing it. You see these other guys. Like, we'll get into uh, Zach Wilson, you know, in a little bit later and what kind of brutal leader he is. This yeah, is still a very yeah. young football player, but the dude gets it. He's dialed in. He get, yes. And, and he's not yes. overwhelmed by the situation. I can't emphasize enough. He's so far a, a head and shoulders above his age in terms of maturity. I mean, he's he's played at two of the biggest pressure pack college programs in America, in yep. Alabama and Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma has fallen on hard times recently, uh, but they had a big win this weekend. But mm-hmm. the, but still, those are two of the bigger pressure pack uh, programs in America. He handled that well. Um, he went through the ups and downs of last year. He took his lumps. He made some plays because of his athleticism. Uh, he took his lumps. He spent the entire offseason getting himself better. And I think coaches did a great job of sitting down with him, going over what his strengths are. What do you like? The smartest thing a coaching staff can do with a young quarterback when you've gone through a season is when you get behind closed doors. Okay, here's the way we see our offense. You tell me what you like or don't like about it, and let's streamline it to cater to your attributes. And I think the Eagles have done a great job in terms of using his entire body of athleticism to make him – one of the leading candidates for the MVP this season. Yeah, no, well said. I mean, absolutely well said. And I think that knowing you have the ability to go to that that option of his legs, yes. you know, whether it's a draw or he get, he can get himself out of trouble, whatever. Having that there is just such an advantage. You know, you don't want it to be all the time. You don't want it to turn into like yeah. like I think I think Chicago may be pressing that button too many times with Justin Fields. But I agree. You know, the Eagles had that ability to do that when all things look bleak. And it was a, it was a gutty kind of win for him specifically. I'm talking about Jalen yesterday. And, and the offense in general did a nice job. Like, I think, you know, I want the passing game to be a little bit more crisp. I would like right. to see a little bit more. I'm still not sure A.J. Brown's fully right. I'm I was not. just going to say that. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And, you know, Devontae, I would like to see a little bit more consistency from him. He flashed yesterday, I thought, a couple times but I want a little bit more consistency out of them um, because these guys are going to have to step up a little bit more be- simply because there's not going to be as many balls. They're going to get more balls because you're not without Dallas Goddard there. There's more opportunities right. for these guys. Right. I thought Zach Pascal would have a big game yesterday. I, I did was, too. You know, what did, he, what, there. Did, what did he end up with? I believe it was two catches, three catches. Yeah. He, just not oh, really yeah, one impactful. catch for nine yards. Yeah. I thought I mean, he would have at least five or six looks. How many targets did he have? He had, one target. Right. The I know. Yeah. Wow. And, and the good thing is, you know, we had a bit of a reemergence of Quez Watkins, you know, and that was a, I thought that was right. a really good throw, by the way, too. Excellent throw. Oh, man. And, and, and I'm looking at, uh, Rob, what really shocked me was before this game, if I, if the stat serves me correct, Quez only have, has 12 catches the entire year. I know. Why are I you know. not utilizing him more? I don't get it, man, with that kind of speed, if nothing else, to open up a defense more. You look at some of these teams that have speedsters. Right. Whether they complete the pass or not, they're going to take the deep shots to put that in a defensive player's mind that he's coming. At any given moment, he's coming. To keep that DB, especially when they're playing two high shells, to keep them that much deeper because we can't let this dude get by us. That opens up the middle of the field more. Derek, I'll give you a great example. In 17, Torrey Smith did not put up monster numbers, okay? But what he did was he opened things up for everybody else a lot of times, whether it was a deep shot or drawing a pass interference penalty right, right. during the regular season. He came on in the playoffs. He had he had a real nice playoff against yes. the Vikings and, yep. uh, you know, whatever. 
But that's what I thought Quez would serve in that role a little bit more than he has. So maybe this is, maybe this will be his way of sort of coming out a little bit here and getting going. I don't know, Rob. I think it was just a situation when you consider how many, what did he, how many targets did he have? Okay. He had the one, he had the great cut testing. Okay. So, so Quez had two targets the whole game. Oh man. Two targets. Yeah. Two catches the whole game for 31 yards. And when you when you have a guy of that kind of speed, I don't care about his past history. He has a case of the drops. You got to go back to him. Mm-hmm. You got to keep going to him in situations, Agreed. because if he if he doesn't catch it, there's a possibility there may be a pass interference call. And I've said it time and time again, offenses in today's football, the pass interference because you look at a lot of teams, Rob, that'll go deep on a third and two situation. They're, they're trying to see if they can catch a DB napping, but more just as importantly, they're trying to see if they can draw that pass interference call. And lo and behold, more times than not, they're getting the pass interference because DBs don't turn around anymore in both the college ranks and the pro ranks. No better example, Derek, is the Miles Sanders pass interference. There you go. Okay. So that's where I want to see more from Quez. And I want to see them try to incorporate him more. And and whether that's on Jalen to find him more or on the offense to run some more stuff for him, whatever. That's a rare element that he has with that speed. So I look, I think there's room for improvement in a lot of ways. But the biggest thing is what you pointed out last segment. How much of this is, guess what? Man, these defensive coordinators have paid a lot of money to figure things out. And we saw it again, you know, Chip Kelly, how great he was that first year. And then all of a sudden people started to figure that out. So what adjustments do you make as a group to counter it? What adjustments does Jalen make from what he's seeing at the line of scrimmage to yep. change it up? So that that's going to be really something to keep your eye on as we move forward here. You know what? To be honest, Rob, um, that that ball the ball to uh, Miles was underthrown. If the DB turns around, mm-hmm. it's incomplete or possibly right. an interception. The ball the ball because if you notice, uh, Miles had to step on him. Now, if it's a deeper ball, he might have he might have scored, yeah. but it was underthrown. Miles stopped. The DB's yeah. running full bore at him. Miles basically stopped. The ball's underthrown. You're right on. So if the DB had have just turned around and still running to Miles, it might not have been a, a PI call on yep. that play. Agreed. But then again, these DBs nowadays, and that includes the Eagles, everybody across the league in college football, nobody turned. I'm like, how do you coach this? Where did we get away from? That's part of technique. Mm-hmm. You can look, you know, you were taught, you were taught back in the day. You can look at a receiver's eyes and tell if the ball's coming his way. Yeah. Do they not teach this anymore? I, yeah, I don't know, Derek. I it is something it. you're saying. I, I don't know if these guys feel like the the corners and safeties too. They feel like they're so hamstrung by the official. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, man. I don't. It, get it, it, it. It's a very difficult position. Let's face it, it because it is. You breathe on these guys. You're getting a pi call. No question. You, there's not a lot you can do. So it's hard. Well, it's the same thing. Uh, you know, you go to the offensive lineman, um, and Lane Johnson had a holding call on him, and and Seth and I are sitting there arguing. You know, jokingly, we were arguing. Seth is screaming, "That's not a holding!" Because he had his hand inside the the, the, the defender's shoulder pads, and yeah. I said, "Seth, they call this every time." He goes, "But that's not holding." I said, right. "I get it, Seth, but they call it." So we had Lane on the shore. Now he like, "Well, maybe I held him a little bit too long." So is they understand. Yeah, but okay. Lane, I said, I said, Lane. Basically, offensive tackles now. Your play is the equivalent of of DBs in the National Football League because you guys don't know what is and what isn't holding anymore. Sometimes mm-hmm. you'll see an offensive lineman hook a guy and then let him go. It's not called. Next play, he'll hook a guy. Same thing. All of a sudden, the ref sees it flag. So they don't know what is and what isn't holding anymore. You're yeah. taught a certain way here. If you grab, if you grab a, a, a pass rusher inside the shoulder pad here, you're not going to get called. That's not true anymore. 
It's not true. It's not I know. consistent. No, listen, you're right. I, I don't I don't disagree with you. It's 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 inconsistent <laughs> too. I, I I wanted to share this with you too. I, I mentioned this to you last week when, when we had Myelata on, and he was not happy with the way he played. Or we we I talked to Chauncey Gardner Johnson after the game, yeah. yesterday, and I got to tell you, man, like these guys are so focused. He was already on to Green Bay, and this was like yeah. a half hour after the game, and. Yeah. I said, Hey, congrats on the way. He's like, eh, you know what, man, there's a lot to clean up. I, I, yeah. I'm not happy with me. I'm not, blah, blah. and he went on and on. I'm like, wow, these dudes are locked. Like there was not a second of like, let's enjoy this for a minute. I don't know if that's good or bad. I think he, you need a little time to enjoy sometimes, but he was right on and not happy with the way everything went. I give him no, props. I, I like that. Focused. See, yeah. I like that. And that's the mindset. That's the mindset of this team. Yeah, we won a game, but we didn't win it the way we we thought we should we should win it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, you know, coaches tell you, hey, savor this for twenty four hours, and then we have to move on. No, these players are already thinking about the next game, man. They're getting ready right. because they see the big picture. Rob, you look at this roster, and these players are looking around. Man, I got, I got Sue, Joseph Fletcher Cox, Hargrave, Darius Slay over here. Bradbury over here. We got AJ over here, Devontae Smith. We got possibly the leading MVP candidate here at quarterback. Man, we can do some serious stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the best tight ends in the game. So they know in the bigger scheme of things, they can't have afford to have a letdown. Because, Rob, I'm telling you, if both yeah. Tampa, Tampa Bay and 49ers get in the playoffs, and I believe Tampa Bay is going to win that division hands down. A hundred percent. They know. will roll through that division the rest but of the But I'm telling now. you right now, you know, don't judge those two teams by their current records. You cannot. I'm, they have not been healthy this year. I agree with you. I totally agree with you with Tampa Bay. I, I will say this too. Players aren't looking at it necessarily from this standpoint, but we are in the front offices. They also know that Jalen's in the in basically the last year of this deal. I know he's got one more year left right, technically, but right, they're going to have to right. pay him. They're allowed, they have this kind of flexibility to go out and get Bradbury and all the guys they got Absolutely. in the offseason and sign Sue and you know Joseph and all that because of that quarterback's contract. There you like go. They need to take advantage of it now. You, you never better know believe what it. the heck tomorrow or next year holds. So couldn't take couldn't agree now. with you more. Yeah. And, and again, kudos to Howie. You know what? You can chastise Howie all you want for past transgressions, but I tell you what, he's on point this season and it yep. showed it by the, in the team's record. Yes, a- absolutely. No question about it. All right. We come back. I, I want to kind of jump around a little. I want to talk about the emotions from Nick Sirianni yesterday and, and you know, what that looked like for him going back to Indianapolis where he had coached, but more importantly, where his one of his mentors was fired uh, in, in pretty, you know, weird circumstance yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, we'll get into that. He also got the game ball, uh, did Nick Sirianni, from his players yesterday, which I thought was kind of cool. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about that. Some people put off by some of his reactions to the fans in the stands, and uh, I'll get your take and get everybody in the chat section's take mm-hmm. on that as well. We'll mix in some Sixers with the Joel Embiid no- uh, news that he's uh, he's going to be out for the next two. Uh, and they are, they are a banged-up bunch, to say the least. Uh, so we'll get into all of that. Don't go anywhere. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis. All right, let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. So do you have any types of tree issues in your yard or on your property? If you do, they're just a quick phone call away. They're experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and Northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, and tree pruning. Now, keep in mind, 
we're in that weird time of year with storms and heavy winds and hurricane season. It's a great time to have your trees evaluated before something serious happens with branches coming down or a tree coming down. You go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. What's up, everybody? Welcome on back. We are Sports State Jacob Sports YouTube Network. So, uh, 
You want to start firing in the chat section, firing some questions away uh, for Derek and I. We will uh, we'll get to as many as we can possibly get in this segment. We always we're always keeping an eye and monitoring what, what you know what's going on. But uh, you know you want to you want to give us some questions. We'll be uh, we'll be happy to uh, to jump on them and bring them up here uh, for sure. Uh, Derek, let's focus on the emotional thing here. Um, like I said earlier, I think we looked at it more strategically with Frank Reich and will Sirianni pick his brain a little bit going into the game, but. You know, I didn't know that he'd be quite this fired up for this game. And I don't know if maybe it affected his decision-making sometimes in the game. Maybe he was a little bit too emotional at times because I didn't think Sirianni had his best game. Um, but you could see it once that thing was over and, and, you know, not in doubt anymore. There were a bunch of Eagles fans behind the the bench at, at the uh, at the Colts stadium. And he's, uh, he's kind of – he wasn't jawing to Colts fans. It was more exuding Eagles fans. Yeah, uh, you're muted. You're muted. So he was, he was uh, you know, doing all that. And then – what really struck me, man, when he went into the tunnel and he saw Howie Rosen there, they're hugging. You could tell he was tearing yeah. up. And then he was that way. You you know, you carried it on your postgame uh, show as well as I did on mine. He was he was really emotional, man. You could tell Frank Wright was more than, than just a mentor and a friend to him. It was almost like losing a family member, yeah. you know. And him being a part of that organization, and obviously I, w- I wish he could have, but he won't because it's such a close-knit fraternity, revealed more in terms of what he felt about that organization because we've, we've said, you know, hey, Jim Mercer is a loose cannon, dude. And you, and you wonder yeah. what, what goes on with that organization. I mean, we always chastise Jerry Jones and how he runs the Cowboys and, and things like that. But I think Ursa is even more of a loose cannon than, than Jerry Jones. And, you know, I would like I would like to know a couple of things. Number one, hey hey Nick, how happy are you to be away from that organization? Right. <laughs> you know. Number two, yeah. Yep. And what was it about that organization that that just made the hair in the back of your neck stand up? But obviously, when you fire a, a close friend, a mentor, the way they did it, you know, like you said earlier, you know, he we assume that Frank was forced to go with Sam Ellinger. Um, and as soon as Jeff Saturday takes over, no, 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 we're going back to Matt Ryan here. Yeah, you know. So was 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 Frank Reich a sacrificial lamb? He had to go from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan, and I wonder how much input he had. Now I'm assuming he was all on board with Carson Wentz because of how he helped build Carson into an MVP candidate in 2017. But was Matt Ryan forced on him in some ways? You know, yeah. we'll never we'll never know that. You know, um, and so. For him to exude that kind of emotion after that game was decided, I like that. You know, we don't see that. I'm okay I don't, with it. I don't want it's to see who the, he is. Yes, you I don't want to see the statues like Bill Belichick. That was just another game. No. Yeah, you know, my I don't want to talk about what happened, yada, yada, yada. He, you know, when he stood at that podium and said, I think you all can imagine how I feel about what happened to Frank. You know, I don't have to say it, but I think you all can imagine with that stern look on his face like – yeah. This was a measure of vindication, not just for him and his team winning it, but for Frank as well. I think that spoke volumes. Same here. And it's not false bravado. It's not no, some fake, no. you know, contrived thing. It's who he is. He, even at the podium, he was like, oh, like I know I'm babbling. <laughs> ask yeah, me what yeah. you need to ask me. Like, it's just who he is. And, and he, 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 he is a heart on the sleeve. I think it's why he connects to his players. I think it's why he's connected to the city. Uh, he again, he wasn't taunting Colts fans. He was no. basically saying like Eagles fans, thanks. You know, we got yeah. you and, and all that kind of stuff. I, that's why I, like, there are some people who are like act professional and all that. 
I don't think he's acting unprofessionally. I, I think he's either. just he's doing what he does. That's who he is. You need you don't have to like it, but it's it's who he is. It's a genuine article. The people sitting out there saying act professional. I wonder how they would have reacted had they lost somebody who was that special to them in terms of their development and growth as a coach. You yeah. know, we can sit here and say, you know, be a professional all you want. But how many coaches do we see on the sideline pumping their fists, high-fiving players in a big moment, whether it's a touch? Hey, we, we saw Vrabel do it Thursday night against Absolutely. Green Bay. Pumping yeah, his fists, high-fiving players. What's the, there's nothing wrong with that. That's Vrabel, what you're there for. Vrabel and Aaron Rodgers at one point are jawing at each other when yes. Vrabel, there was a player down and, and – he, he was likely faking it, okay, uh, to, to slow down Green Bay's offense at one point. Right. And and when Vrabel came out to check on the guy, Rodgers was like, really? Like, sort of gave him one of those deals. Like, right, right. Expected it. And it, Vrabel said something to him, and then he just kept walking. But it was like, I thought it was a really cool interplay that those two yes. I like that kind of stuff, personally. That's, that's the human element of the game. You know, you're not robots. You know, yeah. yes, they're paid a lot of money. They're professionals, but they're humans too with emotions. Yeah. And football, to me, football is the most emotional game on this planet. Yeah. You know, from play to play, down to down, series to series, there is no more emotional game than football. And yeah. you know what? It's okay. It's okay to be that high schooler, that college player again in a big moment. I have no yeah. problem with that whatsoever. Absolutely. Again, especially if it's genuine to him. Like if Bill Belichick all of a sudden is like ripping his shirt off, you know something's fake. <laughs> you, exactly. know what I'm, you know exactly. what I'm saying? Like there's something not real there. Um, so uh, somebody brought up, and I'm, I apologize uh, a little bit earlier when we were in, in the midst of our points, uh, Avante Maddox. I will say this. I don't know exactly when he's due back, but they put him on IR, so it's going to be a couple more weeks. Um, right. Boy, do they miss him. That's mm-hmm. a, that's another one. You know, we're focused on Goddard and a couple yeah. other guys and Jordan Davis. They really miss Avante Maddox in that secondary better. Yeah, and um, better quarterbacks and better coordinators are going to identify that gap in the middle. Because even look at look at uh, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan hit some receivers on slant routes over the middle. That Avante Maddox was there. I don't know if those those routes are open. Yep. Uh, and you got you got a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers who knows he doesn't have the consistency, but he will tear you up underneath if he has time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Ryan Tannehill shocked me with the accuracy he had throwing balls over the middle um, against Green Bay. Um, who else you got? Daniel Jones, their game is predicated on short passing game, specifically running it, but the short passing game. Now, I don't know if uh, Avanti is going to be back by then or not, but, you know, again, it's, 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 um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a recycled league in terms of, hey, what did they just do to have success? Yep. Let's see if we can do this as well. So, you know, some somebody's going to pick it up and tear them up over the middle. You know, and basically with the corners playing out on an island, if they start working the middle of the field, basically you've isolated those potential Pro Bowl corners in Slate and Blackberry because you're chewing them up down the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. If the linebackers can't cover them and if your slot guy can't cover them, that's a long day for your defense. Even if they are stopping a run, a team that likes to pass the ball is going to tear you up over the middle of the field. A hundred percent, they are. Uh, he, he, I mean, he is a he is a big, big loss. And and you know, Daz is right. Completely changes the the look of the secondary. You know, CJ uh, and Bradbury and Maddox. Yeah, absolutely. Like you need them all back. All those guys. Like I, I don't know how at this point, CJ Gardner Johnson's not back with with the way that he has just been a turnover machine. Uh, man, is there? Can they possibly let this dude walk? Um, I would say no, but then again, you, you, your main priority is what are you going to do with that quarterback? I think that quarterback uh, upsets the entire apple cart 
in terms of what you can and cannot do in free agency. We've seen that happen with a lot of teams, you know, across the league. You know, you you take the approach that the the Rams took, sell all your draft picks for that one moment, it paid off for them. Now look at where they are. And they're handcuffed because they don't have a lot of draft picks. Lost again, you know, so they don't have a lot of picks moving forward to rebuild this thing. And because you paid X amount of players so much money, how much can you go out and get free agents to help rebuild this thing? They're in a handcuffed situation, you know, right now. Uh, um, all right, let me hit this one real quick, Derek, from, uh, yeah. from Craig North. Would you resign Darren Sproles? Absolutely, unequivocally not. I would not. Okay. No? No. Here's, here's why. Why? Okay. His last three years with the Eagles played three games, six games, six yeah. games. Yeah. Now you're talking about let's fast forward three more years and we expect this guy to hold up. Uh-uh. He ain't holding up. I'm sorry. And I get it. I know how bad the return game is. And I yeah. know how good Sproles was. And I respect the heck out of Sproles. Sorry. I just I just saw I just saw him on a podcast a couple of days ago. Up in Adams, uh, K. Adams podcast. Yeah, K. Adams uh, talking about hey, he feels he can give it. He can give you a few more good games. You know, you don't want him, Rob. You gonna stick with Covey, Derek? They're gonna bring him back, and then he and then he he plays a game and he's out the rest. I, I no, I don't. I think he's cooked. Well, as you Sorry. saw Sunday, they had Boston Scott back on kickoffs instead of Covey. Yeah, and Covey had one nice return. But Kobe's not the answer, dude. Kobe's not, not a game breaker for you. He's not. You got to get somebody back there. Who are you going to put back there, Rob? What are you well, going to do? I, you know, before the game, and and, and Stephen asks, uh, you know, how can they help special teams? Jalen uh, always has long field to work with. This will hurt them mm. less. I don't disagree, Stephen. I don't. Um, I, I they were. I know before the game, and I think at practice this week there was a little bit more. I don't love this either, but there was a little bit more Devonte Smith returning punts. I worry about that. Here's why. I think he's way more explosive and talented, yeah. but they don't block it up particularly well. And no. I don't need him being a crash test dummy like Covey no. has turned into. Okay, <laughs> let's crash be real. Test dummy. <laughs> I mean, can we be serious about this for a minute? That dude gets lit up every play. I, oh, I, I, I don't goodness. know how he gets up, Derek. I swear to you. I, I don't know. You know what? Youth. Youth. I guess the, you're, the, you're the body heals quicker when you in your early twenties compared you to your early thirties. Out of commission for years uh, with um, those. Things. I'm telling you right now, I'd be eating soup through a straw. Yes, There's no I'm question about. It. So yeah. that that is it's a problem. It's an issue. It's been an issue all year. Okay, it definitely. But it's something. And I actually he had one. Uh, that's a low bar. He had one okay return yesterday, but then he let one bounce at the two. Yeah, he did. And get fielded yeah. at the two. So hey, give it, it take it away. Richie Mack brings up Greg Ward on punt returns. Where's Greg Ward? Uh, is he? Did they re-sign him to the practice squad? I don't think so. Yeah, what about Devin Allen? What happened to Devin Allen? You know, I guess they just don't trust him. You know, you know? his thing you know. became – he became the gunner, if you remember, in that Miami preseason yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's on the practice squad. I, I think something needs to be done. I don't like Sippos either. But. Hey, Chris, Chris D said, hey, I think we need Sproles just for a return game. She's on board with with Sproles coming back. Chris, I loved him as a player. I just think he's cooked. I do. And I don't think he's going to be able to stay healthy. Um, so, yeah, keep keep firing. You know, you want to keep firing the questions, we will do that. I did want to mix this in. I mean, I we talked about it earlier. But the fact that the Sixers are down to one starter on oh this my game tomorrow night against the Nets, oh my, and it's P.J. Oh Tucker goodness. who can't score to save his life. Oh, my goodness. There's no one beat tomorrow there's likely no harris there's no harden and there's no maxi but just let's circle back to the maxi thing so he's out three to four weeks with a small fracture in his foot he hurt himself on friday night it was a hell of a game against milwaukee man b was was. insane again um he got hurt in that game and you know he's a tough dude because he gets knocked to the floor a lot you knew he was 
kind of lipping around the way he was that it was something. It was real. Yes. Um, yes. And he actually tried to stay in the game, and Doc wouldn't let him, to Doc's credit. Um, but he ended up getting the MRI, and he's got a small fracture. And then he doesn't have to have surgery. He's in a boot, and he's out three My or four goodness. weeks. Small yeah. fracture, boot. I mean, jeez. Yeah. What else? What else? What else is now? I'm well, looking at who they've got to play coming up. Yeah. So they have uh, Brooklyn tomorrow, Charlotte, Orlando, Orlando. So those are manageable games. They are. But then, if it if it's extensive, after that you have Atlanta, Cleveland, Memphis, Memphis. <laughs> 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 no. No. No, not good. Man. No, I mean, I, so what you're looking at is two the the, the Brooklyn Charlotte back to back. No Embiid, uh, no Harden, no Maxi. I don't know about Harris again. That could change. So yeah, you're going to take your lumps likely in those two games because you there's just nothing. There's no firepower there. You're right, so, Derek. So, if Embiid comes back yeah. for that 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 Orlando game, you might be able to piecemeal that a couple of those. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe. But then yeah, that Atlanta Cleveland Memphis stretch. Yikes. So That's you go from Brooklyn, Brooklyn at eight and nine, uh, Charlotte four and fourteen, Orlando five and twelve, to Atlanta ten and six, Cleveland ten and six, mm-hmm. and who's the other one? Uh, Memphis. Uh, right now, Memphis is uh, Memphis is good. Memphis is ten and seven. So you have three ten win teams after uh, three mediocre teams. Right. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's, it, what is it? Hey, dude, what is it with your boy Hart? Uh, uh, your boy uh, Embiid. It's it's plantar fasciitis, it's illness, it's this, it's that, it's yeah. it's a, a, I mean, really, it, it's who he is. You know what I mean? It's who he is. He's always been this guy. He, I don't know. I don't know if it's because he came to the game late. I, I, I don't know, Derek. I can't. I don't really have an explanation for it. If he, if he's one of these guys who just kind of grew into his body later in life and his his lower extremities can't handle the gigantic human being, maybe that's what it is. But that's why I always say he's not going to be effective in, in, in his like at like 33. He's not, you got to yeah, win you, now with him. But you see a lot of other big men, they don't miss as many games. You know, look at a guy like Giannis. That dude takes a beating every night. Yeah. Now when they rest, when they sit him out, they're resting him a game here and there. Yep. But with Embiid, it's always something with this dude, man. I know. How much longer is. can you go this course before, I hate to say this, before you have to start thinking, what can we get for him I while hear he's you. still valuable? Well, I mean, look, you're you're another second round exit and or earlier away from some real serious thought being put in all this, you, you know, and what and ultimately how many times can you keep going back to this well, you know, and, and trying to win this way? OK, and what what has been the common denominator for your two previous second round exits? Your big man has been injured in this misvaluable time in those situations. If that happens again, it drives the market down. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, obviously, if you even think about something like that, it has to be based on where's this team record wise right now. Right. Right. Okay. No, right. But if you wait until next season, let's say they get to the second round again, next set season, he's out again, broken yeah. finger, broken. That drives the market down in terms of what you can get from him. He's still one of, when he plays still one of the most dominant big men in the game. No question sure. about it. Yep. But his injury history is going to drive that market down for what you could get. Agreed. I look. Everybody knows, like we know. If we know it, the the, the league executives know uh, that that's the situation. Did you see? I, I meant to, to throw this at you earlier. <clears throat> this weird stuff after the game on Friday with Giannis and the and the free throws. Oh, the free throws. Yeah. I'm so like... he, he has a terrible. He had two straight awful games from the line. I mean, he had multiple air balls in the Sixers game. Twice he missed both of of his free throws during a stretch. 
which got the got everybody free Chick-fil-A chicken and they were all happy about that bricking for a chicken. Um, so they after the game, he goes out to work on his free throws. And then there's like a couple weird things that happen. So Montrez Harrell wants to work on his game at that same basket. They start jawing. You know, he takes the ball away from him at one point. Uh, Giannis's brother, who's on the Bucks, has words with Harrell. Harrell takes the ball and walks away. Giannis goes back into the into the uh, locker room, gets another ball, goes back out, and the crew is already working on the floor. The one guy's well, got a they're, ladder up. Yeah, they're going to work. They're working on adjust. I, I don't know if they, what, what they were doing to the rim, but they were going to do some work on the rim. They I had, believe. Well, they had to. And they also had to change the floor over because they were going from their their usual floor to their city of brotherly love floor, the city right. floor. Right. And they were playing the next night because it was a Friday Saturday back to back. So the 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 crews out there like, dude, we have to we have to do this. Like we have to do our job. And Giannis is like, nope, no, you don't. I'm working on this. And they're they're having a back and forth. And and I don't I honestly don't think he intended to do this. But Giannis pushes the ladder and it tips over. That's a bad look. When you got some poor yeah. little worker out there trying to do his thing and Giannis, you know, flipping over a ladder. Well, he so moved, he moves the ladder and then he moves it back. Yeah. And that's when he tips it up. What if that ladder had hit somebody in the head? Right. It, it, again, it's a bad look for Giannis. I, who I think is a good guy. This didn't yeah. look good, yeah. though. This was not a good no. look. No. Um, if you look at a lot of video clips out there, it seems like after every game he stops. He's always talking to kids. He yeah. takes off his game shoe and gives them to a kid. Yep. You know, and will sign them in a lot of cases. So he is a great ambassador and people love, but you're right, Rob, that's a black eyed look. Now yeah. I understand he's frustrated. My brother texts me and goes, did Giannis take three free throw lessons from Shaq? <laughs> and I'm, hey, I'm you know what's funny, Derek? He improved a lot the last few years, but he's he reverted. Did. He's reverted way back this year. Yeah. He stinks. He's one of the most yeah. dominant players in the games, but he's still, when it comes to free throws, he stinks at free throws. Right. Uh, and trying to shoot a three-pointer. I don't know why the coach gives him a green light to shoot a three. He should not be shooting threes. It looks like a swan trying to shoot a three ball. Swan. A swan in flight. Yeah, when he goes like his, – his three-point arc is like very deliberate. <laughs> There's no fluid. I'm thinking, don't do it. Please don't do it. Don't yeah. do it. Yeah, It's too late. He, if he takes five, he's lucky to hit one. You yeah. Know? But, but so I'm like, look I, again. I'll I'll call him the carpet for this one. I thought this was you don't handle it that way. If these dudes have to do their job, then sorry, you got to get off the floor. Got to get off but, the floor, I, dude. But but I think he's a good guy in general. But this one, this one, he was out of line, and I I, I don't know. Harold and he have have history, and they've had beefs before. So there, I'm not surprised that Harold mi- mixed it up with him. That's kind of what he does. He likes to get in guys' heads and, and be kind of, kind of a nudge. So I I get it. Um, but nobody really distinguished themselves all that well, I thought, in this whole thing. No, no, I know that the basket he wanted to shoot free throws at was close to the locker room, and you couldn't see the whole court. Um, because I'm thinking, why can't you just go down to the other end? Unless they had already taken up parts of the court. Which they might have, in fairness. Yeah, yeah, unless the, the rim could have been already down. You know, But I'm thinking, why couldn't you go to the other end of the court? Nobody's out there. So it's not like you're going to get heckled by fans. It's only workers out there in security. So nobody's right. going to bother you. You know, yeah. if you want to be the consummate professional, you could have walked down to the other end. It was you just know? the whole the whole thing was weird, man. Very weird circumstance and sequence there. Um, Flyers have lost six in a row, Gunner. Uh, uh, it geez. is it is the reality has set in. They have Calgary tonight, but the reality has set in with them. Tortorella starting to get a little little you know. Gruff. I love it. I yeah. love it. The, 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 you can almost feel it, like it's building. Build pretty soon. It's going to be. It's going to be that. I'm not, I'm not ready to give up on the Flyers yet. I think they just have to make some adjustments. Um, 
you're right. They came out of the gate blazing, got a lot of people excited. Now it looks like, I mean, come on, man. Against Boston, I'm I, 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 I'm not covering for them. Right. But Boston ain't losing, dude. They, a matter of fact, they, they won again after beating the Flyers. They've won like, what are oh, they, Boston's 11 and nasty. 2, 12 and 2? Boston or something is legit. Like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, they ran into it to, to the hottest team in the NHL right but now. But they're bad, Derek. I mean, what they did early was. Are they bad or just, just mediocre, Rob? They're bad. There's a difference between bad and just I mediocre. Know. They're bad. <laughs> you think they're bad? You're going to yeah, categorize them as bad? Yeah, I do. I don't think they have any scoring. I don't think they have any snipers. I don't think they have. Uh, I, I hope. I just hope that Carter Hart holds up and it doesn't turn into just a, you know a disaster for him. That's really all I'm looking for is him and a couple of the young guys to develop. And yeah, they're not good, man. It's, it's, we, we were just talking not that long ago about the defenseman doing a great job of pinching and helping out the goalie. You know, what happened? What the heck happened? I think that it's all just sort of caving in that, you know, a lot of times I, I think the lack of offense hurts them in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and the, 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 it feels like the puck is in the flyers own end the whole time. And there's, there's very few guys on that team that scare you offensively and i think it hurts them uh so you, in a lot so you of giving up, are you giving up on the flyer <laughs> i was never really like in this year what? i'm not giving up but no i like i would love to see him do well i just don't i don't buy it all right we come back uh we're gonna talk some nfl uh week week 11 i can't believe it man week 11 Jeez. at the nfl we'll only do that. six seasons le- six weeks left in the regular season it's crazy um so We'll get into the Cowboys game, the Washington game, the Giants game, the Chiefs come back last night, the Patriots, Jets, and some of the ramifications after the game of that. The Bills won in Detroit against the Browns. Yeah, uh, You heard me correct. And then we're going to debate what the best division is, the NFC East or the AFC East, where everybody is over 500. So we'll do yeah. all those things it's when crazy. we come back. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, I want to talk a little cybersecurity and razor technology because protecting data is a security imperative for businesses of all sizes. Choose a partner like Razor Technology with expertise in the latest threats and provocative tools to lock down every endpoint with a zero-trust approach that makes certain only authorized users gain access to your systems. Razor delivers enterprise-wide insight into every component of a security plan across identity, devices, information, apps, and infrastructure with threat-prioritized recommendations. We design, deploy, manage, and monitor security solutions to enable modern business to safely communicate, collaborate, and thrive in the modern marketplace, whether they're working in person or remotely, on internal infrastructure or in the cloud, and in every possible hybrid arrangement. Choose Razor technology to protect your digital assets, assets, establish an organized-wide security posture, enforce safe practices for identity and access management, and secure hybrid and remote workforces. Call Razor Technology today at 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers, Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event. 
At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at salis.edu. Right, hour number three, Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, I am Rob Ellis. He is Derek Gunn. Normally, Barrett hanging with us. Barrett's getting a little, uh, getting a little work, a little tune up, as they say. But he should be fine. He'll be good to go. God knows we're going to need him talking, uh, Derek. So we need to get him all straightened out from a. And I kind of like him silent. <laughs> I, I don't like, I don't like to see him in pain, uh, but I kind of like him silent. You know, I told him that he goes, D Gun. Something's wrong with you. I said, exactly. oh, I, well, tell me something I don't know. Hey, just <laughs> want to throw out there, um, my latest Gun on One podcast coming up this week. I'll have former Eagle Chris Long on oh, uh, nice. this week, uh, who, who, believe it or not, he still watches the Eagles closely. And uh, just an important, I can't wait to hear his perspective on the tragedy that went down at his alma mater, the University of Virginia last week, and how it's affected him and what he's doing to help. Um, a lot of people there. Um, so Chris Long, uh, Rob, as you know, uh, he'll tell it like it is. Sometimes you have to bleep it, you know, every now and then. But um, you won't have yeah. to on Gun on One. No, 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 don't, no. And of course, you can get Gun on One right here on the Jacob Sports Media Machine. And if you don't, you know, if you don't watch it on there, you can also get it on Apple and Spotify, wherever you can get your podcast. So yep. Chris Long coming up. Well, I was, um, 
uh, last spring, Derek, we, we went on a, a college tour for my daughter. Yeah. And one of the schools we stopped at was, was UVA, Virginia, where Chris's alma right. mater. And of course, where the shooting tragedy happened last week, Chris is, uh, there's a giant, uh, picture of, of Chris the second you walk into the athletic center as a, when he was playing for the Cavaliers back really? then. And it's a great, it's a cool shot, like an action shot. It's almost like a lithograph uh, in the, in the, in the main hallway right there. It's very, very cool for, for what mm. it's worth. But, you know, again, condolences. I'm glad to, you told me that. Yeah. 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 Bring that up with them. Um, yeah. Condolences to all the families, you, you know, everybody involved. I will say this. Um, speaking of that, the, the, the uh, Mike Hollins, was a player on the team, uh, running back on the Virginia team. He got out of the hospital today. He went back into the bus to try to save people yeah, he um, did. And, yeah. and and was shot. And thankfully, it looks like he's going to be okay. But he has been released from the hospital, so he's he's doing well. But that that young man was a was a true hero looking out for other people. So anyway, uh, <laughs> tough situation, man. R- really, really tough. Um, all right, from a uh, from an NFL perspective, Derek, uh, a couple yeah. things to look at from uh regarding yes let me start with this one um local kid kyle pitts uh tight end for the uh for the falcons sadly unfortunately uh tore his acl or his mcl mm. and he is out for the rest of the season uh, uh really 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 good player uh and he's, he's a philly kid played at florida uh was a first round pick of the falcons last year and he's he's going to be one of those elite tight ends in the nfl uh real soon so it's a shame yeah. And uh, just I heard the Giants have lost the Dory or Dory Jackson to their secondary. And right, that's huge. That's a huge right. one as well. It's a big uh, loss. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and keep knocking on wood. Like we said, Eagles, they've lost a few components, but for the most part, they're still healthy. Knock on absolutely. wood. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, they are. All right. So the big game yesterday was the Cowboys and the Vikings, and that was the that was the four twenty five game after the Eagles and. The Vikings had won seven. They hadn't lost since the Eagles beat them in week two. Right. And the Cowboys were coming off a loss the previous week to the uh, Packers. I said to you on Friday uh, when we were talking about this game, I said, that line is strange. The Cowboys were minus one and a half for a game that was in Minnesota. And I said, Derek, I'm telling you, man, this is a Cowboys game. And uh, Dallas, I I didn't think it'd be 40 to three. No. But I thought Dallas would win. Um, they crushed him on every level. And Tony Pollard was – I know the defense oh was, really stood out, but Tony Pollard was unbelievable in that game yesterday. Jeez, two catching tests. And let me tell you something. Dak, Dak was throwing darts all day. I mean, mm-hmm. he was 22 out of 25 yesterday, two touchdown passes. The Vikings did not sack him one time. Not once did they yep. get him. Tony Pollard – if averaging 5.3 yards for carry, they ran for 151 yards on Minnesota's defense. Incredible. Pollard had 109 yards receiving. Mm-hmm. Okay. And to go along with it. So he had 108. Wheel route yards. at the end of the half. That, oh, that my was 60 yards. Yeah. Dude, that ball was money, straight Incredible. money that Dak threw. And the defense, you can't say enough about the defense. Seven sacks, seven sacks on Kirk Cousins yesterday, they only ran the ball for 73 yards. Now, granted, again, Dallas got up on them, took Minnesota out of the game plan, forced Minnesota to throw more, and that plays right into the strength of this Dallas defense. Mm-hmm. Let Micah Parsons and DeMarcus, DeMarcus Lawrence pin their ears back and the rest of those dudes and come after you. Man, they crushed Minnesota yesterday. I know Kevin Savard and a number of people uh, on, on our chat room had been asking me since the top of the show today, Hey, did your gun? Did your brother go in hiding? You know this, that, or the other. And 
Mar- Marvin's honest- a huge Vikings fan for people yeah, who don't know. Yeah, I can know. honestly say he was out there. He was te- he was texting me back and forth. He didn't go into hiding. I was proud of him. And by the way, today is his birthday. Oh, my man. Happy yeah. birthday, Marvin. Yeah. So today's okay. his birthday. He's hurting right now, but you know, he's taking his medicine. Like All right, a good give, him, give him props. He didn't hide. Okay. No, he's he usually not. a guy you can't find after a Vikings no, loss. Right? No, no. He, he's like a witness protection program after a Vikings loss. Um, but his his mindset is, you know what? Good to get it out of our system now. Right. And I said, man, I've been trying to tell you the Vikes, Vikes have been skating. Ever since they went on this winning streak, look at five of their wins on this winning streak and how they've had to win them. They've been lucky. I mean, you got they got players to make plays, but they've been lucky in a lot of ways and it finally caught up to them. So, you know, but, you know, my little brother, my little brother stood his ground, took his medicine. And because he was hurting, I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't take jab. I didn't take any jabs at him at all. It was you know, that was go. almost it was almost such a blowout. It's like, what do you even say? Like if they had lost a heartbreaker, maybe, maybe you get on them a little bit more. Yeah. They were never in the game from the jump. No. Dallas dismantled them. And and no. what you had on display was the worst the Vikings could play and the best the Cowboys could play. It was yes. a perfect storm of things. That, that Cowboys team is scary when they play like that. And, and of course, you know, playing in a dome helps, you know. Yeah. I truly believe that uh, to a certain degree. When they played in Green Bay, the weather affected them. It was cold out there. You know, I think it affected them. But then again, they had a two-touchdown lead on Green Bay in the fourth quarter, and the defense blew it. And yeah. they couldn't get to Rodgers, which was weird. Mm-hmm. They could not get to Rodgers um, and let Green Bay back in that game. But, man, I tell you what, they made up for lost time yesterday. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was That's the kind of game where you see them play the way that they played. And, mind you, they're not going to play that way every week. But when you see them playing that way, the Cowboys, you're like, oh, boy. And and, and that's why I keep – I'm trying to – I hope I'm wrong. I'm trying to brace people for what this is going to look like on Christmas Eve. I think it's going to be a really tough game for the Eagles. It's a revenge game. They're playing their third of a back-to-back-to-back. You know, National TV. There's a lot going on with that game. I think it's going to be a challenge for the Eagles. But, yeah, Dallas played unbelievable. Dak was great. Their defense was great. Pollard yeah. was great. Can we stop? I know Zeke played better. Can we stop with the this is this is even between he and, and Zeke Elliott? Pollard's the far better running back. Yes. At this point. Now, and I will say that um, I believe that, uh, Zeke is playing with an MCL sprain. And uh, they, he was questionable up to uh, kickoff. But at this stage of their careers, Pollard is the better runner right now. Dude, the way he hits a hole. When yeah. he hits a seam, my yeah. goodness. And he's not easy to bring down either. He's a tough cookie, you know. So mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think uh, their organization is going to have to look at this closely. I don't know where uh, Zeke is in, in terms of his contract. I don't know if this is the final year or not. But I think uh, if not this year, next year, they're going to have to move on and they don't draft somebody to back up a Tony Pollard who will make his money then. Mm-hmm. His time's coming. Yeah. All right. So that one was just, whoa, uh, when you're watching that. Washington and, and look, Derek, I, I'll be honest with you. I know they beat the Eagles. Uh, this is not like sour grapes or anything. Right. I, I truly don't buy them. However, I will give them credit since they got rid of Carson or yes. since Carson got hurt. They didn't get rid of him. But since Carson got hurt and Taylor Haneke's taken over, they're a completely different football team. And no they question. have played, they played very well. And I give them credit. You know, when you win five out of six, which they have, dating back to that that loss in Tennessee, you have to give them some love. Now, Houston's not good, and we know that. But still, five out of six is five out of six. I give them props. And, you know, and, and after the game, Ron Rivera was put in a very uncomfortable situation if you looked at his face. But sure, the first one of the first questions was, who's your quarterback moving forward? And he, he hemmed and hawed, but he said, you know, uh, we're going ahead with Taylor until further notice. And they asked him, well, what was your conversations been like, Carson? They were very good. 
Well, what did you talk to him about? The conversations were very good. He he accepted his role well, you know. Um, but that's an uncomfortable situation for a head coach. I mean, you got a multi-million dollar quarterback who you basically want to say he stinks, you know, and I don't know if we should have ever gotten him here in the first place. And you're going with a guy who's an eight-year, eight-year habitual backup to carry your team the rest of the way. But the bottom line is this team seems to respond better with Taylor Heineke under center, and it shows. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know three straight organizations that don't respond well with Wentz under center. Exactly. At some point, you start realizing it's you, man, and it's not yep. everybody else. And yep. I don't even know if Carson's there yet. But yeah, I I, I think ultimately Heineke will be exposed uh, when they play better teams. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. But again, they've now made it very interesting. We'll get into this in a minute with the NFC and the AFC, but uh, East uh, specifically. But the Commanders have made this thing interesting in that Derek. Real quick, you look at the division. Now, Eagles nine and one, Dallas seven and three. And, and, you know, the good thing from an Eagles perspective is they have the head to head as well, right now at least. Uh, Giants are seven and three, Commander six and five. So that's what the division looks like uh, right now in the East. Yep. But they just, they just keep taking care of business, does Washington. Uh, Giants, this one was a bit of a surprise. Shots. You know, the, the Lions, 31 18. I kept waiting, you know, as I'm, I'm focused on the Eagles game. So I kept waiting for, Giants go on some kind of run um, and get back in this game, but it, it wasn't happening yesterday. Now, all of a sudden, Derek, don't look now. Detroit's won three in a row. They're four and six. You know, D- Dan Campbell and, and the knee biting has gotten uh, respectable at this point. You know, funny thing is Detroit ran for 160 yards on that defense. The Giants ran for 89 yards. They couldn't get their running game going. And Daniel Jones served up two picks now. Aiden Hutchinson made a great play where he faked like he was going to rush and drop back in the coverage and picked off one. By the way, he's uh, a, he is a monster. He is a beast. Yep. Um, if they can ever build anything around that dude on defense, they're going to have something in the future. But I was shocked at those two aspects, that the Giants couldn't run the ball on, on Detroit's defense, and yet Detroit ran the ball so easily on their defense. I mean, yeah. some dude named Justin Jackson was averaging 7.3 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal Williams – had three rushing touchdowns. DeAndre Swift had one. DeAndre Swift only had five carries for 20 yards. I can't figure. Are they, I don't he, get he is hurt a lot. Are they trying to preserve him? Like what's, I don't know, what's going on there? I, I don't get it. I don't know if it's the injury factor. I don't know what it is, but um, you know, that, that team's a mess, <clears throat> you know, um, but the, but the giants do what, what in the world happened to them? Um, I'm looking at, let's see how many, how many turnovers did they have? I know they had the two picks. They had a total of three turnovers, a fumble and two picks. Right. <laughs> it was the first just, pick that Daniel Jones has thrown in forever. It's yes. been a long time. Yeah. Yes. Against Detroit, of all people, which the defense has been a sieve mm-hmm. up to this point. Yep. Uh, so here again, you know, teams, look, what did Detroit do that we can do to emulate this? You hold you hold Saquon Barkley, 15 carries at 22 yards. Impressive. Obviously, Detroit bowed up yeah. to defend against him. Yeah. You know, Daniel Jones was your leading rusher, seven carries for 50 yards. But, um, dude, I mean, but Rob, every week we're talking about a shocker around the league, dude. I can't, I cannot figure out this league this year more so than any other time I've watched football this year. Yeah, I agree. I, I it is, it's as weird a year as I can remember. And, and with like really established guys and team, like, you know, the, the, the Broncos lost again yesterday. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, I, I, that's just such a disaster. What a mess. Oh, they're a total train wreck, right? They lose again yesterday, and 
you know, what Green Bay's been going through this year. Tampa looks like they're starting to come out of it, but you know, a lot of a lot of really established good either like veteran quarterbacks or teams just I don't know. You know, even that game yesterday, like you see what a difference TJ Watt makes. Pittsburgh is a is a totally different team when he's on yeah. the field. Yeah, they just and, and don't have the quarterback win. yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know they didn't win. I'm just saying, like they're they're a, a vastly different team when that guy plays. Um, yeah, it's 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 it has been a weird year, and that's good. I mean, it, it makes it very interesting, right? And yeah, I, it does. Yeah, it's it, and it, you, we could definitely argue parity versus mediocrity and all that, but <clears throat> yeah, it's it's been interesting. All right, so beyond that, the the other the game last night, Derek, unbelievable. So the the Chiefs. <laughs> The Chargers and the yeah, the, you I knew, man. When when Herbert threw the touchdown, it was like a buck twenty four left. Buck, whatever. It was. No, it was a buck forty six left. Forty six. I'm like, oh, here we go. And it was just like surgery. Bap 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 bap. And of course, it's Kelsey and 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 Mahomes hooking up. They had three touchdowns, by the way, on the night. Um, the best duo in football. People can throw anybody else they want at me. Those two are the best in football, in my opinion. But Mahomes is just sheer greatness. I mean, so is Kelsey. But oh they're, my they're, goodness, it's unbelievable. The the killer on that play was when um, uh, Chargers dropped back into coverage, and it was similar. It was a similar play to what uh, Jalen Hurts scored on. They they on their final the a drive for Kansas City. Uh, Mahomes drops back, nobody's open. He tucks and runs and picks up what 25, 30 yards running right. down the field. Right. Yeah. And that was a backbreaker right there, because all they need basically is a field goal to tie the game. And they end up completing a mission and getting a touchdown. But you're right. There's no, as you said earlier on the show, there's no better quarterback tight end combination in the game today than those two. Yep. Amazing. And the other thing is they just own that division. They own that division and they own the months of uh, November and December too. Their record is incredible. Uh, What's the stat on Mahomes? Um, since he assumed the role as starter, he's never lost a division game. Is it never? I I thought he was like twenty four and three or something. Like he, I think he's lost a couple, but it's insane. Uh, is it never? They, I don't think he's ever lost a division game. If he has, it's one at the most. Okay. But they were talking about that. That, and that's not the first time I'd heard that. That since he assumed the role as a starter. Had never lost a division game. I'm trying to see if I can pull it up before we we're done with this segment. Yeah, Dank says undefeated um, November and December. In December, oh, in division. Yeah. Okay, all but, right. But but yeah, I mean, it's when you have that guy. I mean, Mahomes. When you have him, it, it's never ever over. Even if you give him like 20 seconds, 30 seconds, it's never over. But when you gave him that kind of time, jeez, it was unbelievable. It really you ask was. You for trouble, you, you know? Yeah. I mean, jeez. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I think we almost do. We just, we so expect it now. We don't, I don't know if we even marvel anymore at how great the guy is, but he's, he is amazing. Uh, that's for sure. I don't because up, I expect it. Yeah. Yeah. And they end up winning at 30 to 27. Um, all right. Let, not that this was uh, a, a fun game to watch by any stretch. I didn't watch it. It was going against the Eagles game, but the, the Patriots end up beating the Jets 10 to three in a game that was. <laughs> <laughs> just set offenses back ages, but um, on a late punt return, it had, had the had the Deshaun Jackson kind of feels to it uh, with a late punt return, and New England wins, and their dominance. Oh, I think it's like fifteen straight, whatever it's been over the uh, over, over the, the Jets, Jets. continues. Yeah. But it was interesting after the game because 
they had they had more punts, I think, than they had completions, and you know, in the in the second half to the Jets. Yeah. So Zach Wilson's asked, that he, "Do you feel like you let the defense down?" Essentially, and he's like, "Nope, nope." He says, "No." Uh, Garrett Wilson, who is the rookie receiver out of Ohio State, he goes on a tear, just ripping into the offense. Uh, how unprepared they are, how they're letting things slip through the cracks in preparation leading up to the week. It was a really interesting juxtaposition with a rookie saying that. Uh-huh. And then Zach Wilson, who not that he's old, but who's, you know, now in his second year saying, no, I don't feel like I let them down. Like, even if you don't feel like you let them down, fall on the sword, man. Just, just take it. Yeah, we did. Look, we didn't, we scored three points. Of course we let the defense down. You, he, I'm not sure the dude gets it. And I'm not sure he's good enough, Derek, either on top of it. It's not a good situation for him because that team's got some defensive talent. Well, you look at Zach Wilson, who went 9 of 22, okay, for 77 yards. And on the other side of the ball, Mac Jones, who's like a Zach Wilson, still evolving, he goes 23 of 27 for 246. Mm-hmm. And I looked at I'm watching the highlights last night, and, and they were talking about it was a windy day, yeah. But Zach is sailing short passes over his defenders' heads. And I'm like, what in the world? He um, stunk. And then your, your primary receivers, Denzel Mims, two catches, 35 yards. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking about uh, Garrett Wilson. He had three targets, two catches for 12 yards. How's that possible? It, it, it can't happen. Elijah it's Moore, two catches, 17 yards. How's that happen? Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, that can't happen. So that's, you know, you, you, you can say it's play calling, but you had your opportunities and you blew it, dude, you blew it, but you're not taking any of the blame. And I saw, I saw a quote on Twitter last night that says some Jets players are not saying it exactly, but they're letting you know they're not happy with the play of Zach Wilson. Yep. And that's a bad look because now with that loss, the Jets, who were on the inside looking out are now on the outside looking in at the playoff scenario, mm-hmm. you know, and your quarterback play has to be And Robert Sala put on the spot. Zach Wilson is our quarterback. Well, who else are they going to go to? You're going to go back to Joe Flacco again. No, you're not doing you, that. You're going to go back to Flacco. No, but the other thing is you got, you know, you have to continue to play him and find out what he is. And that, that means leading up to the game. That means in game. What are we, have we started already? Is that what we're doing? Oh, geez. Has it already started? I, I blame his MILF, Jeremiah <laughs> Butler. Uh, Kevin Savard, Wilson needs to focus on football, not soccer moms. Yep. It was only a matter of time. It was only You just a mentioned his name and it just sets people I know. off. Man. I know it does. I know. Oh, my goodness. I know. I went there. It's my fault. Yes. I I, I, I got to do a better job, as Andy Reid would say. Look, he's uh, throwing more dimes to MILFs than receivers. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> you just know it. You knew it was coming. You knew it. Um, but I, um, I would say this: I, Robert Sala strikes me, and, and Joe Douglas too. By the way, yeah, yeah, those two guys strike me as if this is what is really going on. This dude won't be there real long. I don't care where no, he was taken. No, no. As a quarterback, you know what? The best quarterbacks in the game. First of all, you have to build up your credibility um, and the respect. And then when you get guys like Troy Aikman, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they call people out. You accept it because you see it in a play. But they're also the the same guys that will tell you, I got to play better. I got to play better. 
-hmm. you know, and then they'll they'll rip into somebody or, or or one aspect of the team. This dude Zach Wilson, nope, nope, not me, nope. And I'm thinking, dude, you got a you got a lot of lessons to learn if you want to win over a locker room because you're not there yet. Yeah, that that. I'm so look. I don't like it when anybody does it. Like honestly, I you you know we've talked. I don't like it when Rogers is yelling at Lafleur and, and, right, and right. like I get accountability for Rogers and his young receivers. And if he wants to sort of okay, fine, right, right. but be careful with the finger pointing, man. Yeah, you're not making every play out there. And no. when I saw, when I watched that yesterday and I saw Wilson just doing, they're like, nope, no, nope. like dude. Even if you don't, first of all, you should feel like you let your defense down. Number exactly. one, exactly. And even if you don't. Just own it. Just wear it. Yeah, you know what? We had three points. Of course, we let our defense down. I feel terrible. We have to be better. It's not that hard. It's it's a it's a throwaway line that you just do when you get out of there. And and look, maybe you look at it as a, as a learning experience. But he better learn. There better not be any more of this kind of crap from him. That's how you win your teammates over in adverse situations. You take yep. the bullet. First is the head coach. Then it's the franchise quarterback. You take the bullet for your team. Even if you know it's not you, a lot of times you take the bullet for your team to deflect a lot of that criticism away from the rest of the guys. And players players notice that and respect that. But when you're one of these dudes that holler, nope, and then all of a sudden it comes out, uh, it seems like players are getting tired of Zach Wilson's act. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're trying to you're trying to turn around an organization, and you were going in the right direction. You've had a number of stumbling blocks as of late, and if you're the primary culprit, but you're not admitting it, dude, that's the easiest way to lose a locker room and, and send your season tail spinning out of control. Amen, amen. Uh, well said. So that, that's going to be one to definitely monitor because their defense is good enough to be a playoff defense. Oh my goodness, yes. And I know they're missing Brees Hall, and that's a big loss, but the quarterback's got to be better. And I don't want to hear conditions and it was cold guess what man you play in the afc east it's gonna exactly. be exactly crappy weather uh going forward so the bills it, interesting circumstance here for the Bills. so we know that they had the insane weather in buffalo yeah um so and they started off slow Derek. that looked yeah, like did. for a while that that was may, maybe upset city you know maybe maybe buffalo was just thrown off by the travel and everything else that went on for a little bit but to their credit they really settled in in the second half and put it on the browns in in <clears throat> And I believe they have to play in Detroit again this week. Thanksgiving. Oh, Thanksgiving. They go, they go from playing in Detroit yesterday to playing in Detroit on Thursday for the Thanksgiving game. Dude, did you see the Orchard Park, New York? Oh. 77 inches of snow? Awful. I saw this Dude, one that's shot. six feet of snow. Yeah, a guy or, 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 or gal, I don't know who, took a picture from their house from, you know, like they're upstairs. I don't know exactly where they were, maybe in their attic. And the shot outside of what it looked like on the street and over to the across yeah. the street from the neighbors, it looked it looked like it was fake. Like it looked like some kind of CGI. I mean, that was unbelievable what they got hit with, man. And dude, that's just the beginning. There's more snow coming this winter in Buffalo. Yeah, this stuff's not going to thaw out by the time the next snowfall comes. I don't know. I don't know how you. I don't know how you function. I don't. I really I don't. don't. I, I don't think I don't. you get out of your house. I mean, I think it's just that simple. But and they it, went. It, they I'm went sorry, through a lot just to get out. Like they had to uh Saturday was really sketchy for them. Buffalo's airport was closed. They reopened yep. it. They they weren't sure if they were going to be flying out even the morning of the game. It was bad. You saw a number of people's roofs collapsing. Yep. <clears throat> so where are those people going to stay? What yeah. are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, how are you getting first of all, how are you getting out of your house to get to where you need to go just to get some warmth? I know. Okay. And 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 now you, you when they show okay, first of all. 
you start shoveling the snow. You have 77 inch. Where are you dumping the snow? Where are you dumping and, and, and how do you, how are you, how do you even get outside? Like it's, it's, oh, it's almost over your head just to go out and start. Sh- I don't know how you do it. I don't, I don't well, how do you get around in that area without having like a four, four wheeler or like some kind of like, I don't know how you. A, snow, a snowmobile. A snowmobile. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, when I was a kid coming up, Robin, we would have a lot of major snowfalls in Wisconsin, but a major snowfall in Wisconsin was like, yeah, 36, you know. Yeah, three feet, 30, four feet. Yes. Yeah, I never, never, we, I never got four feet as a kid, but 36 yeah. is enough to debilitate, you know, the flow of lifestyle is it, but we would always go out in, in shifts. Like when, you know, a major snowfall was coming when it got to be five or six inches, you'd go out and get rid of that. I do so, that too now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mm-hmm. still do that. Mm-hmm. You don't wait until it's all dumped on you because what happens, even if you have a snowblower back then, snowblower, what's that? You know who the snowblowers were? Me, me and my dad <laughs> and my brother, we were the snowblowers. You know? So, yep. but now you have, snow- what if a snowblower breaks down in the middle of you shoveling? You're going to wait till all that mess piles up on you. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Doing it, you know. I, I feel bad for them, honestly, the, and not just from a football perspective. That's just got to be brutal, man. Uh, but that isn't that that is pretty funny irony that they're they're there this past Sunday and they're right back there on Thanksgiving. Let me um, tell you something. If it was me, I would endure that once in my lifetime. <laughs> and even if I had to take take a pay cut, I'm going somewhere outside of the state of New York. Yeah, ain't happening. It not happening more than once. Yeah, so. I'm with you. Uh, so the Thanksgiving, let me give you the Thanksgiving schedule here. Yep. What the games are. The early game is Buffalo at Detroit. That's the 1230 game. That's a decent matchup. Yeah, actually, with, with Detroit playing better, it, it kind of becomes yeah. interesting, right? Yeah. Uh, very good second game. Eagles fans are going to be all over this. Giants and the Cowboys. Oh, yes. That's oh, the my, yes. Yep. Yeah. And, and the night game's good. Patriots, Vikings. Yeah. That's, where's that one being played? That's in Minnesota. So all that's three games are, are pretty good. Bill Belichick's defense against that Vikings offense that's reeling right now. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. I guarantee you, Bill Belichick's studying everything Dallas did against the Vikings offense uh, right now. Without a doubt. Yeah, without I a doubt. I can see that being like a 13-10 type game. <laughs> uh, oh, I, for sure. Yeah, uh, but that's how New England has to win, though. Yes. New England has to win yes. those guys. Yeah. You know, they're just – they're not wired. They don't have mm. enough weapons uh, to be able to, to be that good. So they they were uh, the the games of no. I mean, other games of Falcons Bears. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, who really cares? The Saints no. beat the Rams of note because the Rams are now three and seven. I know, They're terrible uh, at this point. Ravens survived. They didn't play particularly well, but they they got by. Was uh, it thirteen three? Yeah, another yeah. kind of ugly one. The Raiders it, the, again. It's interesting because the Broncos are three and seven now. Um, and just a mess. And the Bengals did what they had to do. They beat the, the Steelers mm-hmm. in a close one. Mm-hmm. They really needed that game. Um, so the, yeah, the game did. the game tonight will be uh, the Cardinals and the 49ers. No Kyler Murray. He's still out with that hamstring. So it's Colt McCoy. The, the Going into the game, the Niners were like nine and a half point favorites anyway in this one. I, 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 I would have, even if Kyler Murray was the quarterback, I like the Niners in this thing, Derek. I'm taking the points. You know, I, even if he was playing, I'd take the points. Whatever the points were, I'm taking the Niners and the points in that game. I just think Arizona just can't wait until this season is over because this season has been a disaster. Um, and the 49ers, I think, are moving in the right direction. They're gearing up for the playoffs. Plain and simple. That's you the know, mode that they're team. in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, again, you know, I think we're on the same page. Barrett is not on the same page with us. We both think the Niners are the, are the scariest team. Like All he, right. 
He's not a Niners fan, man. Yeah, uh, you know, I know he looks at games differently than we do, but you know, Niners and in Tampa Bay both went through a multitude of injuries, especially Tampa Bay on defense. Yep. And then we saw what they could do once they got uh, healthy. They held Seattle for, to three points most of that game. And Seattle's putting up 30, mm-hmm. 35 points a game. They shut Seattle down. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, it was, the final score was 21-16. But basically, th- th- their defense was in control that, that entire game. Those two teams, to me, are the scariest teams, I think, in the NFC when it comes to – Facing the Eagles, I know. I know Minnesota has the offense. I'm throwing Dallas in there too. Dallas, you know the Dallas team yesterday, but I need to see that Dallas team play consistently like that because they haven't done that up to this point. Yeah, like if if they're even similar to what they were yesterday, I would probably go Niners, Cowboys, uh, then Bucks. I would in that order. I agree. That's something we'll kick uh, kick around later in the week. All right, so let's look at the the two uh, preeminent divisions here in football. Yeah. You have the NFC East, which again, Eagles nine and one, Cowboys and Giants both seven and three, Commanders after winning yesterday are six and five. Then you go to the AFC East, Dolphins seven and three, they had a bye, Bills seven and three, Patriots and Jets six and four. Yeah, at this point. So if you're looking at overall head to toe between those two vi- two divisions, I know it's hard. Who are you going with? Which division? Wow. Let's see. You look at the top of the division, <clears throat> Miami and Buffalo. Eagles top of the division. Wow. Oh, man. Let's see. Uh, Tua, Josh Allen, Mac Jones, and the Milf Hunter. Uh, let's see. You're, you're encouraging this now. <laughs> you're doing. Uh, the MVP leading candidate, my estimation, Jalen, Dak, Daniel Jones, and Tyler Heineke. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's a, very close. Dude, that that's dude, that's a tough one. I see. I love I love both uh New England and the Jets defense. Not crazy about their offense. Uh Miami and Buffalo can be explosive at any given moment. Eagles can be explosive. Dallas can be explosive. Giants are a very conservative team, mm-hmm. but they wear you down. Man. I know. Uh I'll let you go first. Okay. I, I, I am going I, – I will say this, too. This is a total toss-up, okay, when yeah. I say this. Slight, slight advantage to the AFC East. Okay. Why? Okay. Because I look at the – I I think there is better coaching overall. I, I, I'm still not sold on the, on the commanders, okay? And I'm still, even though they're 7-3, and three, not totally sold on the Giants. That's what kind of plays into it a little bit. Okay. I think New England with Belichick will figure out a way to get the the most out of them. And if Zach Wilson is even okay, the Jets are a little bit better. I, I, and mm. I think Buffalo and Miami, I, I give Miami credit. I didn't think they'd be this good. Their, their top two are good. I, I think if I just went top two, I'd go Eagles-Cowboys. But the bottom two for me, the Patriots and the Jets, slight lean over the Giants and the Commanders. Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to have to agree with you because right now you have three of those teams in the playoff scenario. You have Miami's the two seed, Buffalo's the five seed, New England's the sixth six seed, and the Jets, who were in the playoff scenario until they lost yesterday, have dropped to the eight seed. But they're still right there because record-wise, they're tied with Cincinnati, and they're a game up on the five and five Chargers. 
Now, when I look over at the NFC, you have the Eagles as the one seed. Uh, Dallas is the five seed. Giants is six seed. Wow. And Washington is the eight seed. I know. Just on the outside looking in. Yep. But, and, and, they, and they've won whatever. What do we say? Five of six or whatever. Yeah. They, and they beat know. the Eagles. Right. Um, I like, I like, based on I like the Jets and the Patriots defense better than I like Washington's defense. Although Washington's defense plays good ball. And I gotta, get Chase Young back at some point. I don't know how Young back. it's going to take him a little bit, but yeah. Dude, I never thought I'd say this. I have to lean towards AFC East right now. AFC, okay. Yeah, that, yeah I, AFC East. I I, yeah, and again, I, it's it's really a toss-up for me. It, you know, I can't really – I I couldn't fight you if you said NFC East. I think it's close. Right, right. But, yeah, I, I would go that route. They're both really good divisions. And you yes. look at, especially when you look at a comparison to some other ones. Like take the AFC South and the NFC South, for example. The second best record in the AFC South is four, six, and one. That Colts. That's that's crazy. Okay, that's flat out crazy. You go to the (laughs) NFC South. Nobody's over five hundred. No. It's the Bucks at five and five. Then it's the Falcons five and six. New Orleans four and seven. Carolina three and eight. That is garbage. After the Bucks, dude, I can't. I can't believe. I mean, I I thought the Saints would be better. I thought the, I thought the uh, Falcons would be a better team. Um. Yeah, you're right. Five and five is leading your division. Uh, yeah. You know that that's a bad look. You know, um, but but that's the that's the nature of football. I never thought Seattle would be leading the NFC West right now of all teams. Yeah, I know. I, well, you throw know? I'll throw the NFC North in there. You after you get past the Vikings, Detroit Terrible. has the next best record at four Terrible. and six. Terrible. <laughs> and, yeah. and Green Bay and Green Bay's fighting off Chicago for last in the division. Exactly. Who, who thought we would see that? I know. I'm like, yeah. th- this is what I mean by it's it's so weird this year, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what's been going on. So yeah, I thought it was a uh, pretty interesting. You, you you look at some of that stuff. Uh, but but you amazing. you look at AFC, Chargers are doing exactly what I told you the Chargers would do. It's the same thing every year. Every year they're five and five. They have a better team than the right now. Granted, they've been hit hard by injuries, yeah. but it's the same thing with this team every year. They can't get out of their own way to do any damage. You know. There's I, I no do, way they should have lost that game last night. No, like there is a part of me. I know sometimes he has thrown some really late bad picks. I, I do feel bad for Herbert. Like he did everything he could to bring his team back there last night. Yeah. And you that know? pick last night was a desperation. It was a oh, fool. I don't, just yeah, all people, you know. I don't kill him for that. I'm just saying no. the drive where they ended up scoring, he hits Keenan Allen with the deep shot. Yep. And then he makes a nice throw to Palmer for the, for the, what was then the, the it took the lead touchdown. And the defense just couldn't – and granted, it's Mahomes and it's greatness and all that. But it's, yeah, tough situation, man, for sure. Um, all right, John Dickerson, up. hold up. What do you say? Robbie E. is going to share his Thanksgiving – where'd it go? Where'd it, I got it go? It. Oh, his Thanksgiving – Appetizer for uh recipe for Skippy Cheerio balls. <laughs> if it's Peter Pan, I'll share it, not Skippy. Oh, man. We will make that happen, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, now, you, you're doing, you do everybody at your house, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. We'll have the family there and I'm doing a, I'll do the Turkey. We're still debating, you know, some years we smoke it. Some years we, we deep fry it. Some years, um, we do traditional in the oven. I think this year, um, I'm doing an air fryer Turkey. Have you ever had air fried Turkey? No, my, uh, Oh my goodness. My buddy, my buddy is big on the deep fry of the Turkey. 
Deep fry is excellent. Yeah, he's oh. been doing that for years. He has just a little mini thing. He puts it outside, just drops yep. a turkey in there, does his thing during the, you know, whatever, and, yep. and, and all that. Yeah. Hour later, the bird's done. Yeah. But no, you're, you're doing the, the the air fryer. Okay. The only problem is I may have made a mistake. Uh-oh. I buy, I buy a turkey. Now, here's what happened. I go to the store, buy a turkey. Um, I get it to the checkout counter at BJ's, and they can't read the, the can't read the barcode on it because it was it was wet. So okay. I the, the lady comes up to help me. She goes, you know, go back and get another turkey. Now at the time I had a fourteen pound turkey, so I run back because I've got like ten people behind me standing in this checkout line waiting for me. So I run all the way to the back of the store, grab another bird. I just grab the first bird I see. Okay. I get up, I check it out, I get it home. I realize it's a twenty pound bird. Now the air fryer. Now when I get it on, my wife tells say you me, must have a huge air fryer. Well, the air fryer I have holds up to fifteen pound birds, according to my wife. The air fryer holds a fifteen pound bird. Now, and I'm looking on the box and stuff. It is a big air fryer. You know, you, you hook it up to a propane tank, set it outside, let it go. Um, I'm looking on the box and I can't see any pound limit. So I may have to I may have to force feed this turkey in this air fryer because. You know, how are you going to do that though? If it's if it's still well, I guess it won't be frozen at that point, but it's still no. going to be tough. Well, matter of fact, I just took it out of the freezer last night because it's going to take three days to thaw out. Now, there's a way to expedite it. You can always in its wrapper, in its airtight wrapper. If it's still, if you still feel some frozen parts, what I'll do is I'll take it the night before and, and earlier in the day, the night the day before Thanksgiving, I'll submerge it in warm water. Mm. And it'll thaw out a lot quicker. And then I'll put my seasoning, which I'll share with you later this week. On when, Since Wednesday is our last show this week. Are you going to get this, some tips? Give us this some tips. This will be my Thanksgiving tip to you in our chat room and what I do. What my wife has taught me in terms of how she likes to bird prepared with the seasonings and all this stuff. So I like that. All yeah. right. All give right. Some good. Tips. I'm yeah. in, man. Okay. Um, all right. We'll come back. Uh, we'll uh, continue to talk about the NFL, about the Eagles. We'll mix in some other stuff as well. We'll get some birthdays. Uh, we will get some movies, some big time movies uh, that debuted on this day in history as well. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. What's going on? We are Sports State Jacob Sports YouTube Network hanging out with you, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis Barrett out uh, getting a little repair done uh, to the uh, to the mouth area. Uh, I want to throw this at you, Derek, before we dive into birthdays and, and movies and all that kind of stuff. So um, Olivia Pachardo, she is a, a freshman walk on at Brown University, who became the first woman to make an active Division I baseball varsity roster this fall. But that, huh? Pretty cool. I, mean, I think you're muted there, Gunner. Oh, I'm muted. Oh, no. I'm not surprised. I mean, dude, I've seen I've seen some girls get flat out play. You know, yep. I'm surprised it hasn't happened sooner than that. Yeah. You know, to be honest with you. So that's something I want to be interested in seeing. Uh, and what school is it again? Brown University. Brown University. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'm interested student, in seeing how it plays yeah. itself out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she was an, a pitcher and outfielder for uh, for USA Baseball women's national team this right. past summer. And, you know, she played varsity baseball in high school and uh, travel teams. So this is not out of nowhere. Like, she's been playing at a high level for a long time. So very cool. Very cool. I wish some of the, uh, the old closed-minded individuals would get past it. I don't know if a girl can play with us in baseball because I'm telling you now, there's some girls out there can flat-out play. You know, and when you, I, I, every now and then I like to peek in on it, like the college um, the college uh, World Series. Oh, yeah, oh man. Stuff off of girls. Dude, you're talking about fielding, throwing. I mean, yeah. you know, um, I would love to see a girl play at a prominent university just to see if she can hold her own, which I yeah. think, you know, she could. Agreed. Agreed. All right. I wanted to throw that at you. All right. Let's dig into some birthdays here, Derek. Um, see what I missed here. So we'll start with Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn, uh, 77 years old today is Goldie. What a career, man. Been around for a very long, long time, man. Um, wow. Amazing, right? Amazing. Uh, Michael Strahan. Michael Strahan is 51 yep. years old. You talk about a, 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 an amazing transition from playing in the NFL to – Host of good, one of the hosts of Good Morning America, man. Are you I kidding mean, me? You know, and not just doing sports, although he does do the Fox stuff on the weekends, uh, the Fox NFL stuff. Incredible. Right place at the right time. He has a great personality, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think I think he's hired more so for his 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 energetic, bubbly personality than his than he is his delivery. You know, I think he's okay as a you know delivery yeah, person. Yeah, he's but... he's got a good morning talk sort yes, of uh, yes, vibe of, you about know, him. Makes yeah. you feel you know, make like he's welcoming you into his home type type yes. personality. Yeah. Yep. Good call. Good call. Yeah, he's fifty one today. Jenna Malone, actress, has been in a lot of different stuff. Uh, yep. Is thirty eight years old. Both movies and TV. 
The singer Carly Rae Jepsen is 37 years old today. Uh, I still like this song, Call Me Maybe. Uh, that was huge. That was huge for, uh, God, when was that? Like 2012. 12, and in go. 2012, it, it, it was the highest selling single of the year. Over 18 million, 18 million singles sold on that song. Nice call. Good you know, a lot there. of guys, a lot of guys are like, man, I'm not listening. That's that, that girly bebop. So I, I still, if it's, you know what? It's still played every now and then in a yes, mall. And I'll listen, I'll sit there and sing with it. I will you tell know? you where it got huge play was at the Phillies ballpark that summer because okay. I was down there a lot okay. uh, covering the Phillies for WIP. Oh my God. They played it every inning in between, you know, in between innings. Uh, so that was big. Bjork, the singer, is 57 years old. Okay. Harold Ramis, who was a, a, a phenomenal uh, actor and director and writer who worked yep. a lot with Bill Murray during, you know, back in the day. Uh, sadly, lost him a few years ago, but he's mm. 44 years old. Ghostbusters. Was born, sorry, was born in 44. Yeah, Ghostbusters yep. among them. Yeah, was he Stripes still? Yeah, I think he was Stripes still. Stripes, stripes also, yep. Uh, the great Ken Griffey Jr. is yes. 53. How is the kid is 53, man? Isn't Hard to believe. Hard to believe. Dude, I didn't know he was born in Denora, PA. Where's Denora? His dad was playing in the minors, I think, for the Reds, and, and, and that was near where their, their minor league ballpark is. Okay. Or our, our, our team was, yeah, at the time. Okay. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, but that's what it was. Um, wow. He and his dad went back-to-back home runs in, in a game in the major yes. leagues. Pretty amazing. Uh, Nicolette Sheridan is 59 years old. The actress, of course, famous for the uh, the T.O. skit, if you remember, oh, yeah. on the Monday Night On Football. Monday Night. Great skit, by the it way. Was. It was. Real, what was it? Real, not Real Housewives. That was, no, what was it called? Um, yeah, um, um, not Real Housewives. What was the show she was a part of? It was Desperate a popular Housewives. show. Desperate, Desperate Housewives. Yeah. There you go. It's a popular uh, show. Troy Aikman is 56 today. Troy Aikman, yep. yep. A lot of athletes today. There are a lot of athletes today. Uh, Stan Musial was born on this day in 1920. Stan the Man. Stan the Man. Wow. Reggie Lewis, again, 28 years old. We lost him way too young to that, mm. that heart attack. Uh, former Celtics player. Yeah. was born on this day in 1965. Earl the Pearl Monroe, Philadelphia's own. John Bartram High School's own is 78 years old today. Mm. Earl the Pearl, a great one. Uh, Marlo Thomas, the actress. A that girl and Danny Thomas's daughter is 85 years old. This be one of my favorite shows. Back in the day. Yeah. I can't believe she's 85, but God bless her. I I'm telling you, man. And still active. Still does a lot for the uh, St. Yes. Jude, for which your dad Yes. You know, yeah, absolutely. All right, movies. I, I, there's oh, oh, did I miss any birthdays? Uh, let's see. Danny Cannell, act, a former oh, quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, He's yeah. 49. Uh, Cynthia Rhodes uh, from the movie Flashdance. She's 66. Okay. Justin Tucker, 33. Oh, wow. I forgot about Justin uh, Tucker. And then you have the Bella Twins, Nikki and Bree. They were okay. famous for a WWF wrestling twins. Um, That's right. Yep. So I, I forgot, one, I believe one married, a wrestler or a pro athlete, I can't remember. There's another one, too, that, you know, it's not, but you remember Bud Dwyer Oof. in that scenario? Yeah. I remember when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, 1986. It was in January of 1987. I was still working. In, I was working in, I, wait, no, still working in Milwaukee. I got to Pittsburgh in the fall of 87. So still working for CBS in Milwaukee when, when that all went down. Yeah, so I, I won't get too detailed no, or graphic, but no. he was a uh, a politician who – In Pennsylvania. Um, yeah. Pennsylvania who held a – there was a press conference to announce. I think he was about to be charged. Indicted. Yep. He was about to be sentenced, yeah, for and accepting bribes or something like that. On television, 
pulled out a gun and took his life. So it was uh, <sighs> nasty. It was nasty, 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 nasty. Okay. Um, movies. So I got to start with this one. Rocky. This day, 1976. You knew I had to start there, man. Did you ever think the movie would be such a cult following as it has become? No, absolutely not. I, I to, to think it would still like, I'll give you an example. So last night, uh, when I think it was halftime, maybe it was halftime of the football game. I'm flipping around and, and one of the creeds was on and I'm thinking, God, yeah. this yeah. like, it's unbelievable. That guy's legacy. And speaking and of that, um, 2018 Creed two came out. Yes, exactly. That's weird. Isn't it? I it wonder is if weird. that was deliberate. I, I think it probably was. I think it probably was, but no, I mean like the, the reach of that movie, you know, you talk about six Rocky movies, two creeds, there's going to be a third creed, even though Stallone's not in it. Like to, right. to, to this day right. to go to span 46 years, which is what we're talking about at this point yes. is incredible. Yep. Incredible. Um, all right. So yeah, Rocky and Creed two, both good ones. Hunger games. Mocking Jay was 2014. I love that series. series. Yeah, yeah. Part of that series. The Twilight movies, uh, the 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 one came out in, in two thousand eight. Twilight. Yep. Uh, I don't know. If there was a first one. I, I don't know. I never watched any of them. But it's another one that there feels like there's a yeah. million of them. I, I never know what's you know what's what at that point. Uh, what did I miss? Any any other movies? That's all I got for movies. You missed? Oh my goodness! Uh, Enchanted, the animated okay. movie. Enchanted, great That's movie a big for one. kids. A big one. Uh, the Cat in the Hat came out in two thousand three. Uh, Wreck It Ralph, break the internet, breaks the internet. Which that was, was the huge. second one, right? The, yeah, the follow-up. Yeah. That was huge. That one, Rise of the Guardians in 2012. Yep. Uh, Anastasia, 1997, which is another great animated movie for kids. Mm -hmm. uh, Robin Hood, that one had Jamie Foxx in it, believe it or not. That came I out didn't in, see that one. I didn't, yeah. yeah. 2018. Okay. Uh, movie I thought um, was one of her better roles, uh, Halle Berry in Gothica. You remember that movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a pretty good I think that's. I thought that was one of her better roles. Yep. And then finally, uh, the original Red Dawn with uh, Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen. Oh. Yeah. You remember okay. that one? I was a big deal, that movie at yeah, the time. Yeah, that was a big one, yeah. So, okay. Those. Yeah, good ones. Good yeah. collection there. Um, so overall, what we have tonight, we have a Flyers game. We have the Sixers tomorrow. And we now have uh, the Eagles and the Packers gearing up for Sunday night football. I, you know, in you, you, hindsight, I would much prefer have preferred that the Packers won on Thursday, last Thursday. I know than why. them coming off a loss and almost having to win. You know, they I don't want to say they have to win out, but they got to get pretty close here. The Packers, they, the rest of the stop, way. stop, stop. They ain't Just going saying. anywhere, Rob. It's Just done. Saying. It's a Rob. I've come to the realization the season's over. Okay. But I will say this Green Bay's defense is a sieve when it comes to the run. They hold Derrick Henry to 80 yards. Yeah. That's a good now, point. I don't know what that means for facing Eagles run offense, but they, and, and all of a sudden this kid, Christian Watson, has finally emerged. He's had five touchdown catches in two games. All he does is catch touchdowns. All he catches Chris Carter. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, so it's it maybe it'll be an interesting game. Who knows? Yeah, look, you know. I I I think that whenever Aaron Rodgers is involved, when you ever have, you know, a prideful team that's involved, and I know they're nowhere near what they were. And he's had a lot of success against the Eagles. Yes, he has. Yeah, he has. You know, and 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 don't think that that they're not going to follow some of that. Uh, it doesn't matter what. The yeah, but he had, he's had he's had uh, success with accomplished receivers. He, he doesn't have that right now. You know, yeah. Randall Cobb's on his last leg. I, I don't know why he doesn't throw to Alan Lazard. He's got two receivers do six four six five. It's like watching uh, Her Her Herbert throw to Keenan Allen and 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 Mike Evans and Mike Williams when they're healthy. 
He's got I, some tall receivers. Oh, I wonder, is it just that he's just unhappy generally the way it's gone and he almost is like doing it despite them? I don't know. It's hard to read in Aaron Rodgers a lot. Is, I don't know. We don't know when he's on peyote, when he's not. We, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. That Amazon stuff I understand is the truth. Oh, I've only heard God. it. I've only heard this now. Um, that- all right. That's going to do it for us. So uh, Already? Yes. Yeah, already. Already. Uh, Barrett back tomorrow. Babysit. We're, we're gonna we're gonna dip into going behind enemy lines a little bit earlier in the week than we normally do tomorrow, yep. Derek. So I'm looking forward to that. We'll get we'll get the some intel on what's happening with the Packers a little bit deeper yep. uh, as well. So we will do that. Uh, and again, Barrett back tomorrow. Hopefully he's he's feeling better. Appreciate all you guys, and we'll try to make it a point to do that every every show where we're you know dipping into some of your questions that you may have in the chat section. We'll continue to do that as well. So great job out everybody in the chat section, everybody listening, everybody streaming. Xander Kraus, our producer. Stay tuned. We have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. So Derek oh, and I man. back. What's the matter? Barrett just sent me a video. I asked him, hey, how you doing? He sends me a video with three or four teeth laying on a table uh, and he's uh, got uh, a mouthful of cotton. No, thank you. No. <laughs> thank you. On that note, let's get out of here. We will see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> At 12 Eastern, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Thanks for watching. (laughs) Don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers, Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean.
At Salus University, our graduates are among the most... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.